This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18+, plus. rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that would very much like to hear an apology from Howard Webb of the PGMOL. Now, you would have thought that all the news would have been filled with the furore of Chelsea being blatantly cheated out of a 2-1 win against West Ham on Saturday. Even people yet to be discovered in the Amazon rainforest were not blind to the fact that Suchek deliberately saved Gallagher's shot whilst trying to make it look like he'd fallen on the ball. Therein lies the real problem. You can call VAR and referees incompetent, myopic or just plain corrupt. But the real issue is their inability to comprehend the deviousness of footballers. If they'd played football at a decent level, then they would referee the game better. That said... Webb apologises to Arsenal and Brighton, but not Chelsea. Makes you wonder, doesn't it? Yes, in truth, Chelsea would have been lucky to get a win on Saturday. We looked great in the first half with Felix, or what does Jake call him? Felix, getting off the mark. And a further two goals ruled out for offside. But we conceded a stupid, badly defended goal to, would you Adam and Eve it, Emerson, which took the wind out of our sails. Yes, Two wins, six draws and five defeats in our last 13 Premier League games, 12 points from 39, is deeply depressing, irritating and unconscionable. It's nothing short of relegation form. It's not Chelsea as we know it. However, while ponderous platitudinous Potter might never make the grade as a Chelsea manager, the like of which we're used to, the fact remains that he's in for the long haul, whether we like it or not. And it is true that there are mitigating factors such as the pre-season upheaval, a monstrous injury crisis and now the need for patience while the new signings bed in. In the meantime, expect more depression and irritation until the elixir of a win provides a tonic for us. And the name of tonight's show is The Hand of Sod, Chelsea Fancast 963. And I am Stamford Chidge, of course, and I'm joined by the ebullient Jonathan Kidd. 
Oh, I hope my ebullience reaches the same level of the ebullience you require tonight on the program. <laughs> like my intro? Right. Uh, fan fantastic, Chich. Fantastic. You got my new name for You're Potter? My alliterative name for Potter? Remind me again. Ponderous Platitudinous Potter. Oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> the three Ps. Three Ps, absolutely, yeah. Um, can we add piss awful? No, we're not allowed to say that, are we? Sorry. Say <laughs> I can't say that. I would be boring. Oh, no, I didn't You can that. say what you like, mate. There's no, there's no, there's no, uh, you know, filtering out here. I know, but... I, know, I, know. I know, it just is, it's beginning to be a bit like a, um, um, you know, a, a crack record. I mean, it, it's, um, it's his performance, his, his ludicrous interviews afterwards his ludicrous desire to give us the same excuses all the time you know i i don't quite get i mean i should get on to, in, to, to introducing our next guest you should just, really allow me this brief it, moment to it'll speak. all be covered jk don't worry it'll all be covered okay well should i just introduce our next guest go on then, go next, on then. next guest our first our guest our tonight. only guest our special our, guest. Our guest yes now this man cheats on us <gasps> <gasps> no. Yeah. By appearing on went to Mo King's Meadow. He's very good, but he cheats on us. <laughs> and his fluency and opinion is always great to have on the podcast. And uh, is lovely to be on the podcast with. And it is, of course, the excellent King Whip. Thank you. Evening, everyone. Lovely to see you, Dane. Uh, I don't know. You too. It hasn't been a while, but it feels like it's been a while. I haven't seen you at a match for ages. That's probably why. Mind you, I haven't seen many people at a match for ages. We, we did the one that you didn't appear on. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. When I cheated on all of you by going away for a week. Um, it was an excellent <laughs> podcast, though. Um, we were talking about Dean a minute ago off air, weren't we, uh, Dane? And I thought he did an absolutely cracking job with that show. Uh, so there we go. I, I, I need to up my game, maybe. But there we go. Uh, Dane, great to see you. JK, good to see you as ever. Um, now, um, what have we got on the show tonight? Uh, well, obviously, we'll be talking about the West Ham match. Um, started well. Um, actually, I should just read you this because it had me giggling. A fast flash start and then like West Ham, they faded and nearly died. Uh, Felix looking at uh, the real deal. Um, is he uh, what we thought we'd got in Havertz? Uh, Cheek uh, with Ferdinand, did Fer Fernandez, did it work? Cucurella with Mudrick, I don't think is working. James, not up to speed yet. Is this a worry? Part two, VAR fucking us again. How does this all get sorted out? Uh, we'll have uh, a chat about Potter's reaction. I've actually got a lovely clip um, of Joe, Col Joe Cole on BT Sport talking about it, which I thought was very interesting. Um, the signs are there. There were signs of encouragement, but it's still not really working. Are we being unreal unrealistically impatient? Um, is it good enough? And uh, finally, on the West Ham game, is patience wearing thin for the ponderous, platitudinous Potter? And uh, in part three, uh, we've got the preview of the Borussia Dortmund versus Chelsea match, the Champions League match on Wednesday. And uh, we have a special guest for that. We've got Ben McFadden coming along. Um, he's the uh, kind of chairman of the Borussia Dortmund London supporters group. He's been on the show before because we did an interview with him to talk about Thomas Tuchel. Uh, just as Tuchel was joining us. And he was very informative about that, obviously, because Tuchel have mar managed uh, Dortmund. So we'll talk to him about uh, what uh, uh, selection Dortmund are likely to come up with, their form, 
history, any Chelsea links and what the experience of uh, going to Dortmund and facing down the yellow wall will be like. And we'll get a prediction out of him and then we'll do the same for us. We'll have a, a chat about my team selection and uh, we'll talk about uh, Chelsea's hopes and fears for that match. So there you go. Lots to cram in, as always. No emails this uh, this show. There's a very good reason for that. JK and I had a board meeting. We had a board meeting after the In Off The Post show last week. And we decided that if we get more than five emails in a, in a, in a, in a week, then we will do an In Off The Post show. If we get five emails, then they'll be on the Monday show. We've had more than five emails, so there will be an in-off the post show this week, and it will be on Thursday at 8.30. So there you go. It is confirmed. Now, as ever, don't forget you can listen to the show live every Monday and Friday at 7.30pm by going to Mixler, which is chelsea-fancast.mixler.com. And, of course, you can join in the chat by uh, posting on all the live chat uh, with the, the live chat page where so many of you join in and many of you are from the Patreon and Discord groups and we love you all to pieces. Uh, you can follow us on all the socials at Chelsea Fancast, listen and subscribe on Acast, Spotify, Apple and all good podcast platforms and make sure you leave us a glowing five-star review or an utterly shit one. I really don't care which. Uh, we will be back in a minute to talk about the West Ham game. JK, um, it was a funny old game. I mean, I know you were there, which you, you, you cleared something up for me, which I'll mention later, but it kind of started quite well. They were really at it. Uh, they looked good. West Ham were all over the place. Um, I mean, it particularly looked good. Felix, uh, Havertz, um, Fernandez, Mudrick. They were all kind of... It, I mean, it, they, there was a fluency about us, which I, we've not seen for a long time. I think mainly engineered by a combination of Fernandes and Felix, actually. Um, but then they, they got, you know, a stupid... Conceded a stupid goal. Uh, and, and the win was taken right out of that. So as West Ham immediately all, you know, buoyed up by it. And we just faded so much in the second half. I'm not sure why we faded so much in the second half. Got any ideas? Um, I don't think we get the ball up front enough. I just think there's a lot of farting about in the midfield, and um, and there's also a lot of. Uh, um, it, it was, they weren't it was doing pay- that for the first half, though, were they? Um, no, but bizarrely, uh, um, contrary to what our manager thinks, Felix came in and hit the ground running. He doesn't need to gel. He doesn't need to uh, spend ages and ages working out who his fellow teammates are. He's a proper player. I really think he's fantastic. He's a fantastic player um, and uh, could run it, you know. And uh, I, I read an article today suggesting that Atletico would, you know, they signed him till 2027 or something and they'd, they'd let him go for 140 million. Well, uh, I think he's worth paying that. For, it's worth paying that for him. But um, yes, it was, it, it, they all did exactly what they're supposed to have done, didn't they, in that 20 minutes? Mudrick looked really good, did some really tasty. Um, dribbles that sent everybody falling onto their backsides. 
um, uh, um, uh, Enzo Clapton was uh, um, was superb with his passing and intercepting and just just bossing it. He was completely in control of the game at that stage. Havertz went up a a notch. Um, Madwani had um, uh, if I pronounce his name rightly, Madwaka, Madwaka, Madwaki, Madwaki, Madwaki had. Um, uh, a lovely couple of runs. Looked, we'll call looked, him wide awakey. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna... He plays out wide. It's good. It's good. It's very good. It's very good, Chidge. <laughs> I'm going to nick it. Wide awake. Copyright yeah. Chidge, mate. Hey, I'll say Chidge. Well, I gave you uh, E5 the other day. You did. I haven't used it. I haven't used it. I must use it. Um, yeah, we, we seem to play... We We... We took not took them by surprise. They they were just we were so much better than them, and the ball was played very quickly, wasn't it? We have that that terrible dilemma of it all slows down. Um, but as you say, the second half it all just uh, um, it, it just seemed to evaporate. But they were they were affected by the goal in a big way. Um, but I thought even Havertz came up, you know, and they were unfortunate with the the the, the brilliance. I mean, the the goal itself that was superb, the the chip over. Um, from Fernandez and the run into position for him just to tap the ball into the net was superb, superb setup. Um, they just, it, it was fluent. Why, what happened to them mentally? Is do they? Is it this, what this bloke's been employed for who will, and if, in for two weeks. We'll no dickheads. State, yeah. Is he going to. Good luck, good luck with that. Dickheads. <laughs> I was kidding. Yeah. Can you filter through the Twitter a lot first? <laughs> yeah, be there for a lifetime, mate. Never achieve it. But I, um, um, uh, I even, I mean, I was a bit, I, I was a bit horrid about cheek on my fan bite. Um, can we get onto that at this no, moment? No, no, let, let's you... let's wait for cheek because I, I want to. I mean, there was something right. I, that that struck my. Felix looks the real deal. I like that. Yeah. Felix looks the real. He, he does, doesn't he? He does, doesn't he? But it's interesting, isn't it, about conceding that goal? I mean, I was I was spitting when I was doing my notes watching the game, and now West Ham will wake up. Now they'll be up for it. I mean, because the whole ground, J.K. will testify to this. It was absolutely as quiet as a mouse, wasn't it? It was like a church on a Sunday. Chelsea need to stand up to it and not wilt. What will they do? I wrote question mark. And I think we got the answer, which is what JK was saying, Dane. They kind of, they did wilt, didn't they, Dane? Yeah, it was, it was just so typical. You know, I've seen that from West Ham so many times before, you know, you, you batter them for a good sense of, of time and then straight up the field and score. It was, it was such against the run of play. They, down our left side, uh, and we we was looking we was looking so lively in that first. I think they scored in twenty eighth minute. You know the first first twenty five minutes. You know I, I didn't think West Ham knew what to do. It seemed one minute they were deep, one minute there there, there was a high line, and we was just, we was just bossing it with J.K. Wright. Enzo was looking so lively. You know spraying the balls around. Yeah, Felix they 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 couldn't pick him up, and he was getting in some really dangerous positions, and that livened. Havertz up like it did when 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 Yao Felix played against Fulham. That's when Kai I thought looked quite lively again. Uh, Nani on on the right and Mudrick on the left, and we looked really dangerous. And it, it's just typical that you know our 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 confidence was dented once once Aston Villa got quite sorry once West Ham got quite a scrappy goal. Yeah, I Dane, I, I think it is apart from anything else, it is confidence, which seems remarkable to say when you're talking about the kind of players we've got, but. They're, they're human and, you know, they've been on the wrong end of it for a long time. So their confidence, I would imagine, is easily knocked. Um, the question, the other question about Felix that I, I wanted to talk about 
was, um, I mean, JK and I totally agree. He does look the real deal. I think it's interesting, isn't it? Because he looks like the kind of player that we thought we were getting with Havertz, perhaps. Yes, yeah, yeah. He he is very lively. He he seems like one step ahead of the silky. Well, this is, this is me watching him. I've I've briefly watched him for for Portugal. You know, I suppose like most, and and just in this this game and and Fulham, yeah, very silky, which was which was labelled for for Kai a lot of times early on in his his Chelsea career. Uh, this guy does is it's so easy to get carried away, isn't it? You know, uh, but. JK's right, you know, he does look for real deal. He looks very lively. And I think he's got such good attacking players around him at the moment in Chelsea, potentially good attacking players, that I don't think he'll be sucked into sometimes players come quite lively, then they go within themselves within a team. I think, you know, potentially the players we are signing are attacking. And if you even look at the potentially when Reese gets his form and 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 fitness back on the right and maybe Chilwo on the left, but you know, you've got Enzo Buzzing around, there's so many, there's so many, uh, there's so many lively players to to keep someone like Felix's brain ticking over, and you know he could be like the uh, that main sort of a uh, person that Enzo looks to to open up all the other defenses as well. Yeah, definitely, that's a really good point. Um, I, I think say the, the very quickly the the two um, the two goals were were the other two offside goals were an example of of how much in the ascendancy we were. And uh, uh, and the runs made and the passes, they're easily picked up. It's a shame that they were just the, particularly Havertz's goal, he was just inches off. I know yeah. f- mm. Felix was a long, but also terrific skill from Felix just to, to lob um, the goalie and then he just came off the post. And you thought, yeah, they should have been four up in that yeah. 20 minutes. They were that dominant. It I mean, they were, they were playing. I thought, that, I mean, this is something we haven't seen for far too long at, at Chelsea, certainly this season. They were playing between the lines really, really well. You know, those kind of passes that kind of just go through and cut out two defenders and Havertz yeah. or whoever runs up. We haven't seen enough of that recently. And it was lovely to see. And I think you're right. It was indicative of how on top we were. Um, a shame that they were both. I mean, I think the uh, the Felix one was, was, you know, miles offside. I think he didn't, you know, it was just didn't expect the ball to come through, I suspect. Havertz was very close, um, yeah. but was, was offside. No doubt about that. I mean, talking to Havertz, JK, I mean, you know, I don't. I don't think he was massively impressive, but uh, I, t- I tell you who did an absolute hatchet job on him, and that was Shearer uh, on Match of the Day. I mean, in a sense, no surprise. Alan Shearer, whatever one thinks of him, was a fantastic proper number nine, and I know he gets the hump when he sees players playing in that position who are clearly not number nine. So he's already got some sort of a bias lodged in there. But he made some excellent points about you know where Havertz is positionally on the pitch, and I mean he he actually praised. Uh, that excellent effort on the second half when Chilwell Chilwell. crossed in from the left. And it was a good header. Actually, it was well defended because the defender gave him no space to attack the ball so he could angle it. So he did, I mean, but it was, he was in the right position then. But Shearer also highlighted so many times when he was, you know, he wasn't anywhere near where he should have been if he's expected to get on the end of things. Therein lies the problem. We don't have a number nine. Well, I, I would say he's not being advised to run into those positions. I think the, the major um, failure is there is nobody in the box when they attack. And then, but also because the attacks aren't speedy and aren't, aren't um, decisive enough. Well, that, that was a, that was a good example, wasn't it? Suddenly with Chilwell, you saw what happens when you attack with pace and width 
You know, Chilwell yes. and James, and you get a ball. It's fucking old school football. Get down the wing, put a ball into the mixer, wallop, you know, but it works. It's direct and it works. I'm afraid that, that once again, you have to, was it that Chilwell, what he did, doesn't think is fit enough to play 90 minutes yet, which yeah. I, I think they're, they're putting them in cotton wool because Chilwell came on and and he's even, even found himself in that situation of being in the in the penalty area, didn't he, on one occasion? He, he's um, uh, he's he's such a different player from Cucurella. And Cucurella, bless his cotton socks, his body language is to play the ball backwards. No, just no risk. His, his confidence is shot, mate, Absolute isn't it? Shot. Absolutely. And it was entirely his fault. Well, it was their tippy-tapping the ball around again rather than belting it up the pitch. And they, when when the opposition press and all they're doing is pressing, that's the only tactic they've got. Don't give in to them by playing it short and panicking. Just kick the ball up the pitch if necessary, because then we're not in the situation of having the, the tippy tappy and going wrong. And it went wrong. And they scored from us losing the ball from having tippy-tappied it around the box. I also thought, to be very honest, that uh, Whitey Wakey was not wide awake and nor was Rhys James, and they ball was. Well, neither of them. For the, yeah, or both ball. That was, it was a hideous goal to hideous. give away. It offended it, me. Yeah, but I don't know why the reaction, rather than to come back and, and try and score another one, is to get deflated. Yeah. And put, well, it's confidence it's, again, mate. I'm sure it's confidence. Because energy in the second half is absolutely yeah, bewildering. It's, it's, it's where well, we are. It's where we are at the moment. Um, listen, old Bean, uh, I, I, you know, I, I'd like to bring uh, Dane into this, but I know I, I know you've got a... I mean, because I saw your fan bite, so I, I kind of know where you're coming from on it. But uh, I'll, ask, uh, I'll ask Dane on this first. I was very surprised, although actually, I mean, again, we did quite well with our team selection because even though we didn't get it right, um, people mentioned in dispatches that uh, Cheek might partner Fernandez. Was it you, JK? It was. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. JK's on a roll at the moment. Anyway, um, I was surprised to see him there, not least because we haven't seen him since he's been out injured for a long time. Um, Potter's argument about it was that he's you know a physical presence and, and he gives us height uh, and of course West Ham will seek to damage you with set pieces so I get all that that, that makes perfect sense to me um I actually thought it worked quite well um I'm not I'm not hugely convinced about Cheek even to this day but I thought it worked quite well and the reason why I thought it worked quite well was that they, you know he they actually played together well in other words I thought Cheek stayed quite close to Fernandez for most of the match Whereas the week before, Connor, who uh, who is not really a nat- naturally, a, you know, like on the pivot or, or 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 a six, would go herring up all over the place and chase the ball, and that quite often would leave Fernandez exposed. And the, by that stage, um, Fulham were putting two on him, as J.K. also mentioned on the show last week. But I thought that Cheek showed a lot of discipline there to kind of play together with Fernandez and knowing when to go and knowing when not to go. Having said that, I still think that he's got a contract a clause in his contract that says he's not allowed to shoot when he's in the penalty area which just enrages <laughs> me but i thought it kind of worked uh, dane that's kind of what i'm saying yeah there was a lot of talk before wasn't there oh uh, it was either going to be connor or, or mason uh one of them would, would not make it and it was a bit of a surprise that they both didn't make it but overall Mason, I think, deserves a little bit of a break from the team. You know, he needs to find himself. At the same time, I think Chelsea really need to find where where they can play him in a, in a better position to, 
you know, to, to make him a better player because he has been shifted around a lot of positions and he seems to get a lot of stick for that, which I think is a lot of it's unwarranted because he's always, you know, no player is going to turn down playing for the team. But once I realised that Ruben was in, it was a surprise. But then I sort of understood it more. I thought if he can do a disciplined job next to Enzo and let Enzo sort of buzz around and try and dictate play a little bit and, and Ruben to do his bit. It feels like we're in, in, in probably the last 18 months of Ruben. Similar to you, if he gets near the box, it seems like that pass or the shot is 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 not there. But if you take that away from his game, he did. I thought he'd done a good job sort of to, to an extent protecting Enzo and and just scanning you know scanning that 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 dangerous dangerous area in front of the defenders and I suppose the long term goal would be to have a proper defensive midfielder in there if you're going to play a, a pivot to to protect Enzo and let him buzz around but I thought it worked okay and and I wouldn't be surprised if he went with that again against Dortmund. Mm. I, I, yeah, that'll be interesting to see. Now, JK, what was your, I think your gripe was that he doesn't pass forward enough. Is, would, would I be right in saying that? Yeah, and he's he's not quick enough. I just think it, it's not the future for me. I'm sorry, I can't. I, I I I think that's absolutely nailed on, and I think Potter knows that. I think he's still suffering. You know, we talked about this last Friday, didn't we? Saying, you know. Who who have we got to play next to Enzo at the moment? And the, and the answer is nobody who really actually plays in that position. So I think he was. You know, he he was doing what he had to do. I I agree with you. I don't. I I don't. No, we need a proper player in that position, don't we? Yeah, and and he's he's also um, he gave the ball away on a few occasions. He he does that thing of you know he tries to beat a couple of players and he'll he'll you'll, it was a, it was Frank Sinclair territory. You you know you think he's done okay. He's done okay. And I have to say I I, I always want him to do well because I really think there is a there's been a top player in there and I think he's been. He's been hampered by injury and also confidence. I think he was really um, battered with with lack of confidence for some reason. Whether whether it was um, Mourinho not picking him, you know, picking him one week and then not picking him again, and something just happened to him because I, we never see the the player with potential that we saw in the youth side, no. who was phenomenal. I think and also the the blasting the ball from miles at goal, that thing we don't. We don't, we're not seeing that, you know, we haven't, the fact, as you say, you know, he had an opportunity in the penalty area and he just laid it off again. And you think, please, please, and I wasn't shoot. alone. I wasn't alone in mm. that. It's interesting to see how I met all the other people just said, for fuck's sake, shoot. You know, you just think this is the other thing. They, they, um, it's, oh, you know, we're going to get onto it, but I, 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 I don't know what they do in training. It's because we, we are seeing the same pattern of play, the same lack of shots, the same midfield not well, but other than the ball game, much further forward with Fernandez, we're seeing the same reluctance to get people in the box and shoot as we saw previously. So I, I know even under under Tuchel. So, um, but no, I, I so want him to do well. And yes, he had a decent half. He was it was decent. Well, none of them was decent in the in the um, the second half particularly. But yes, he passes sideways a lot, and he does a he does a kind of sort of yeoman's job. But you think I'm sorry. We need better than this. We need better than that. Yeah, you well, need... we, we, we will. Oh, I think oh. we're going to get better than that, but we're not going to get it now. And any other, no, op- no. we've we've actually got better than that in the squad, but they're all mm. injured, and that therein lies the problem. Sure. Well, again, but Kante apparently is very much on the verge of being uh, um, back to to proper training, isn't it? Be interesting to see him play with Enzo, wouldn't it? Very, very interesting. Yeah. Very. Dane, you were on the, like Kante, being on the cusp of coming back, you were on the cusp of asking <laughs> a question, I feel. 
I just with with Ruben and 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 giving the benefit of the doubt for the season or more, he was out with injury. I've found myself saying probably since the age of twenty, oh, this is a really important time for for Ruben's career for his progression uh, at Chelsea, and he's now twenty seven, and I'm still saying that. And you're thinking you get to the point where. You know, he's either going to be a a a a one a one player team who's just going to buzz around if he's happy to play player rotation and fine. I'd keep him along. I'd I'd, I'd you know I know J.K. said he was passing sideways for a moment for a lot of the game, and I just thought that it was so nice to see actually a left winger and a right winger and a centre midfielder playing their proper positions. So that should give him more encouragement to release the ball to them, to let them do them job. Because as we've seen, said, you know, Mason's been stuck out on the left and we all know he's not a, you know, that left-sided attacking player. It's nice to see players playing their positions, but with Ruben, I just feel he's either going to, he's either going to, he's either going to come to the decision in the summer that maybe he should go and see if the grass is greener and, and, and get back some of that, that potential that we've always seen, or he's just going to be a one team one player team who who's just happy with rotation because we're going to buy again. Uh, I can I really see us buying a defensive midfielder, as you said. Kante is going to be back. We've got Andre Santos who looks really impressive. Uh, Brazil captain, the young captain who's just won. He won. Did he won the World Cup? They won something, didn't they? And he seems to have scored. Seems to have scored in in most of the games. But there's uh, people getting a bit carried away for him to just come back and go right into the team. Uh, but yeah, so the potential is there, and if Ruben's happy to play rotation, then then fine because he can do a job. We've seen him do quite a decent job at right back, right wing back as well. Yeah, I mean, talking of things that were not working, um, I, I, I'm, I'm a, I, you know, I actually have heard rumours. I've heard rumours uh, from those of you who were in the London Stadium on Saturday lunchtime that you could uh, hear very audibly a very um, beautifully enunciated, almost voiceover-like voice, uh, shouting at Cucurella, saying, Cucurella, I'm sorry, it's just not working for me. <laughs> um, whether this was true or not, I cannot I cannot tell you. But um, if JK was saying that, he wouldn't be wrong. I mean, I mean, look, I think the lad's confidence is shot, for whatever reason, but it is. And it's making him very risk averse and cautious. And it's also making him question his decision making, which is not what you need at a high speed elite football game. But what annoyed me most was that it was almost like having a total waste of Mudrick, who um, apparently is the second fastest player in the Premier League. So they were saying on BT, only Anthony Gordon shaded him. But we're talking he can do 100 metres in roughly around 10 seconds. He's quick. He is very quick. But it's only useful if you give the ball to him. And innumerably, um, you know, Cucurella just decided not to for some reason. And it, I felt sorry for Mudrick in, in that respect. I also feel sorry for Cucurella because, I, you know, I think it's, you know, it's like when you, when you watch a golfer with the yips. It's quite painful to watch at times. I have to say, JK, I mean, it's quite interesting, isn't it? Because, uh, you know, we were talking on WhatsApp and stuff, weren't we, after the game. I thought that um, people were booing... Uh, Ziyech coming on, not Cucurella. And you said, no, 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 no. It was Cucurella that was getting booed. And I, I, you know, not on, mate, really, is it? Oh, no, they shouldn't boo your players. No, no. no I was standing next to a chap called Keith. And if you come across him, flat cap and uh, big moustache. And um, and he, he, he actually joined issue with somebody who was booing Cucurella. And uh, he's a large bloke, Keith. He said, no, 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 mate. No, no, no. We don't do that to our players. No, no, no. He said, I don't like him either. I'm not booing him, no. No, come on. 
we don't boo and uh, um i made some reference early on to barry bridges he said oh i remember him oh yeah so i thought oh i've got a i've got a fellow uh, antiquity to have a, to have a chat with, have a chat with but he was lovely lovely it's very nice to meet supporters when you're away who who remember things that you remember who are um willing to have a conversation with you about it when you're sitting and you've never seen him before and you're like and that's what i love about going away um when that happens you, you, it's uh it warms me cockles it does but you know he defended he defended cuccarella for being boo but he said but he said the caveat was he said i don't like him either i think he's shit but you don't boo it <laughs> no. well i i mean though keith i don't know if you listen or not but mate those are incredibly wise words i mean the number of players that i've seen down the years that i've thought was shit or did something wrong that irked me but you don't boo i mean i do remember i've told this story millions of times in the fan cast but i do remember getting so irate with nemanja matic that i stood up and shouted called him a long lanky streak of piss and it was i managed to pick a really quiet moment in the matthew Matthew harding up and before you're all cheeky and rude saying well it's like that for 90 minutes no it's not Um, but I happen to just choose a particularly quiet moment, and yes. I and as there we are these little little lulls, aren't there? There are, and I have a very loud voice when I'm angry, and it, it permeates, <laughs> and then everybody just turn around in horror. This like lunatic who lost his shit, poor old Matic. So it happens, but you don't boo, man. You don't boo. Yeah. He was, as, as I said on the WhatsApp, he was because uh, you were debating whether it was Zayek, but um, I presumed he... it was Zayesh. But the um, the vocal uh, the name calling was such to make me realise that um, to make all of us realise it was in fact Cucarella because it was accompanied with the c word and the, the what Cucarella that that c word yes but it was it was the you you Cucarella yeah exactly yeah yeah. I don't know. I mean, we were saying on on Friday, Dane. He seems to be a topic of conversation quite frequently at the moment. But it, was, it, it it's kind of um, he's the fall guy at the moment, isn't he? Because you know, yeah. like, like like Jorginho was under Sarri, son of Sarri. I mean, poor old Cucurella's going to be tarred with the Potter brush, isn't he? I think. Yeah, people do need a people do need someone to, to point out, don't they? With with, with uh, Mason not in the eleven and 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 Pulisic not in the eleven and Ziek not in the eleven, you know, it, it's all everyone pointing at Cucurella. Which makes me wonder if if that would have actually have been a Potter signing because just because he was one of his better players at Brighton, don't mean that he would have then wanted him at Chelsea. Uh, it, it, yeah, booing him is a bit harsh, you know. I'm, to to an extent, I'm never going to tell how anyone to support their team. You know, they pay their money and they can get frustrated like you. And like you said that time with, with Matic. And I remember, the last time I can remember booing anything was when 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 Neil Barnett came on before, I think, I think was it Man City in the league? And it, we just sacked Mateo and he tried to say, you know, give Benitez a chance. I think that was last <laughs> Not time. a chance, mate. I think that, that's the time. I booed, time a, I booed a lot that day, mate. I, I booed <laughs> all fucking match that day. Love I feel sorry for him. It's, I do feel sorry for him. Uh, you know, he's, he's. We don't know what's gone off, what's going on off the field. Obviously, Potter alluded to, to something. He, his confidence is definitely shot. He's our only fit senior left back at the moment. So you either, you know, bring him out the side and and then just try and bed in chill, or maybe put Kula Bali out on the left. He did a quite decent job when he came on as, as a sub a few games back, uh, or or just wait until. Chile's probably maybe two or three games away from playing 90 minutes and then we, we might not see much of, of Cucurella for a while unless it, uh, to try and rest Chile again. But 
yeah, he's he's struggling at the moment. And he, obviously, as JK said, he's sort of you, you see that attack, we can see that attacking ball, we can see that pass on, and he just goes back to you know just to protect himself because the confidence is not there. It was a completely terrible moment where we'd been attacking and we had a corner, and the ball came back to him, and he was on the edge of the penalty area practically, and uh, a few yards away, and he did a kind of ninety degree turn and played it back to Kepper. Mm. everybody just went oh for fuck's sake like, like the football equivalent of uh, run away run away isn't it <laughs> I mean, it really is pitiful listen boys i want to wrap this part up by talking about uh the bloke on the other side who is one of my favorite chelsea players who's an absolute powerhouse of a football player but i've got to be honest and and i wasn't massively i thought he upped his game a little bit in the second half and he looked a bit more direct but um i mean i don't know what to make of it you know, I don't know whether I should be worried about it or not, really. But James is quite simply not up to speed yet, and he's looking laboured. Now, the reason I'm worried about it is because I've seen... Well, maybe... You see, this is why it's so difficult, because I've seen him come back from injury before, and he plays exactly like he did, you know, like mm. last last year under Tuchel, around this time, funny enough, wasn't it? He got injured over Christmas, he came back, and he had he was the best player on the pitch the game he came back. He's not doing that. But I wonder if perhaps, you know... Maybe, maybe there's maybe they're trying to manage him better. Maybe they're saying, "Look, mate, seventy-five percent from you is okay. All right, don't go mm. balls out yet because we don't want you getting injured again." I, maybe that's going on, J.K. I don't know, but he look he looks that's... short at the moment, doesn't he? Oh, it's about fifty percent. Fifty percent the player that he, uh, he's looking slightly as if he's being unbelievably lazy, and it, and or cool, you know, or laid back. Hey, I can. I can do something here. I can. He, he does did a hey, couple I'm of Hey, I'm Reese James, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. exactly. He did something a like of that. Trips. <laughs> exactly. Don't you know who you're dealing with? Yeah. He, he, <laughs> he, he just did a couple of strange tricks. And you just thought, yeah, okay, he did, you know, nutmeg somebody something. And I thought, yeah, it was sort of slightly irrelevant. But, you know, but, you know I agree completely. He's he's not at the same pitch. Uh, but having said that, though, um, uh, on the other wing, Chilwell, whenever he comes on, looks the real deal. So I, I don't quite get the the very fact that he got down and put that great centre in was a proper proper overlapping fullback. It's just, it's just, I mean, you know, proper. it'll be really interesting, won't it? Because you know, I mean, look, the reality is, I, I still have no i no idea, not a clue, what potter ball is. You know, what what it's what what it's supposed to entail. And I, I'm not kicking the man because I don't think he's really yet been in a position to do it. I mean, we've had so many injuries. I mean, having Reese and Chile out will dictate how you don't play for, to a certain degree. Now he's got all of these new players as well. So we don't know what potable is yet. But uh, when you have James at the, at the top of his game and you have Chilwell at the top of the, his game, mate, there's only one way to play at Chelsea, and that is to get those guys bombing down the wings, putting crosses in. Because, I mean, as I said, I think James improved towards the end of the game. He started putting some decent James-like crosses into the box, didn't he? But it, that that directness is so, so good. And I think we, we, we proved that before they both got injured back last year. The other thing he's so good at is just preventing the winger from doing anything. Every... Every, that's when he played against Madrid and they were just saying, who is this fullback? He's just phenomenal. Because he had Vinicius in his pocket, if you remember, yeah. last year. Vinicius was one of the top players. He made, he and made, he was on he, the cards. He was, wasn't he? He made Vinicius look very junior that night. So there we go. I mean, Dane, should I be worried? Maybe not. I mean, if they're managing him, I suppose not. But uh, I don't know. Maybe we expect too much from our players sometimes. I don't know. 
Well, you did. I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. It's gone, JK. I'll, I'll go after you. No, I just if if we were to fold in the um the the, the Twitter post you did the other day about brick carriers, oh, perhaps uh, you still perhaps got your fucking tin foil hat on, haven't you? I have. I can't help it. Well, in your case, a tin foil beanie. Exactly. Thank you. A little um a, a little conspiracy theory. I wonder whether he's not he, he's deliberately not playing up to no, his um. Mate, I'm not having that. I'm not no, having, no, no, I'm not well, having that. What would be the reason, though? You're not playing for the shirt. You're not playing well, for the team. Well, as I said, I think I think if there is a reason, it's because he's he's yeah, gradually easing himself yeah. back in. But it might be that he's dissatisfied with the way the other players are playing. Yeah. You never yeah. know. Yeah. And and Elvis will be our manager next week, anyway. Dane. <laughs> yeah, I'd, it, well, I don't. I doubt he's being patched up. None of you said he was, but that's the only two options I can come to think of. He's either being patched up to play, which is a massive risk because you need him for the long term, or he's easing himself in. That game you alluded to last season under Tuchel, where he he uh, he was out injured for quite a while. He come back for the Burnley game. I think it was Burnley away. He got himself a goal, absolutely outstanding. And he is injured again and out for like another six weeks. So maybe. Like you said, uh, Chidge, you know, a, a 60, 65%, 70% Reese is better than 100% someone else at right back. Uh, and he is just easing himself in. It'll be surprised if he plays starts against Dortmund, really. Mm, well, you're coming out with your team selections easy. Anybody would have thought you'd have seen, had a sneaky look at mine, but there you go. <laughs> um, right, we're going to have a quick break. Uh, but before I do that, I've got a lovely special announcement to make, which is, well, we made it on Friday, so it's hardly exclusive but uh we're having another chelsea fan cast and the troubadour presents afternoon and this time it's with our probably our best mate of all the ex-footballers that we've had on the show dear dear lovely paul canners canaville is going to be joining us on the 5th of march sunday the 5th of march now uh doors will open at half past two so we hope to kick off for about three which very annoyingly is the exact time uh, that the Chelsea women's team will be kicking off in their Conti Cup final against Arsenal. We didn't know this when we booked the venue for the 5th of March, I have to say. And the other reason I booked it for the 5th of March was because the London is blue boys and, and, a, and a gang of Yanks are coming over. So I thought it'd be a nice thing for them to come to. So my, my well thought out plan is now down the absolute toilet. But uh, there's nothing I can do about that. We're having it on the 5th of March. Tickets are ready to go. That's how it is. So if you can't go to the Women's Cup final, uh, then come along to this. Um, it'll be it'll be a great afternoon. I mean, you know, J.K. and I have a lot of fun, obviously, with the guests. But you know, you can have a few drinks. It's there's only about fifty people there. It's quite an intimate gathering, so you get a chance to meet and greet Paul and have a chat with him. Or any of the guests that we've had, uh, and there's some lovely people there. There's a real nice little kind of Chelsea fancast community there. Quite a lot of the fancasters come as well. So these events are really to be prized. They're special. Do come along. Uh, tickets can be bought from ticketweb.uk. The Troubadour Club is in Old Brompton Road. And as I said, Sunday the 5th of March, three, well, half two, doors open. Uh, and we'll talk, be talking about the Leeds game, obviously, and we'll be talking about Paul's career at Chelsea and his life generally. And it's not one to miss, basically, is it, JK? Absolutely. Great evening. Evening, afternoon, whatever. Mid-afternoon. Um, great character. Very warm guy. Lovely story. Um description of goals is always wonderful he always you're almost there with him as he volleys in in surprise to see it in the back of the net he's always made me laugh that he's uh, he's a dear chap really dear chap he is now uh dane you you will probably be at the women's cup uh, conti cup final won't you not necessarily uh i've got 
something going on the the night before, which is quite big, which I would need quite a bit of a lay in. It depends, but I, 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 I'd, I'd, I'd be at either if it either or. Uh, but I went to the Cundy one. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Uh, that was a good one. So yeah, it's a, it's a tough one because I've got a long Friday and Saturday night. So then to spend like a day at a cup final would be quite. Where where is the cup? Where is the where is the cup final? It's at Crystal Palace. It's at Palace, is it? Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's miles away then for us. It's a real shame that it clashes. There's nothing I can do about that. What did you like about the Cundy gig? Well, I met him for the first time in a, in a, I sort of briefly saw him about six, seven years ago, and he was just being polite as he always is to, to people. I saw him the first time, which I reminded him on, of when I was about 15, 14, and he bought me a Coke and a, and a, and a marathon, which he, he found quite funny off King's Road. A couple of us noticed him in a shop and uh, he, he he bought us what, what, what we was just about to buy ourselves. And it, just to sit down with him afterwards, because we all went to the pub, the boozer next door, didn't we? And he and he, he went, he took time to go around and, and talk to everyone and, and have a picture. And he was just so happy to sort of, sort of, sort of talk about things. You could ask him like some more without taking the piss you know some more like little things you didn't want to ask him that was on being filmed or on camera or, or in front of everyone and he yeah he was a really nice bloke and he's one of those people you would really you know someone like you is lucky to, to I think to call him a friend and and see him regularly because he is he is he's top class you know he's one of those people you could you could see yourself spending time with if that makes uh much sense and and when you when it was all official and he was answering the questions from the supporters yeah he was he was he was 100 he was crystal gold he was they've all been like that they've all been great fun so if you can make it to the canners one sunday the 5th of march doors open at 2 30 tickets are about i think it's 20 quid plus a couple of quid handling charge nothing to do with us i hasten to add uh ticket uh, uk get on it people right we'll be back in a second or two for part two. jk yes Chich. you know how frustrated we get when we can't get a ticket to an away match and it's not on the telly oh yes oh well I think I found the answer. You have? I have. It's NordVPN, and it allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. Oh, that sounds great. How do they do that? Well, with just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match. Oh, isn't that a bit risky, though? I wouldn't want people getting their hands on my personal details. No problem, JK. NordVPN acts as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow, great, but uh, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, mate. Oh, indeed it is, Chidge. Where do I sign up? To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Fans, real I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. 
footballfancast.com. Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. I'm, of course, Stanford Chidge, and I'm joined as ever by the uh, beanie-hatted Jonathan Kidd. Hello, everybody. He's on relatively good form tonight, I think, Mr. Kidd. Yes. Relatively? Yes. Oh, OK. You're quite I, thoughtful tonight. Thought By being thoughtful, I'm mm. being, um, being cogitative. Yes. Cogitative. 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 That when you're pissed. Cogitative. <laughs> it's not easy, and I've only had a coffee, so... There we go. Uh, I've also got the fantastic Dane Whittle on. Always an absolute delight to see Dane on here. Um, we don't see him enough. Well, actually, we don't see any of you enough because I, I rotate the squad. You get in our in our six week show cycle, everybody gets a couple of goes, and that's about it. We've got so many great contributors. Is, is that is that a, is that a good thing or a bad thing, Dane? I think it's a good thing because you know I'm not going to talk for myself, but I, I think everyone brings something really good to you know and it's nice to have different personalities and i you know it's just it's just nice because obviously like other people listening now i listen to as well to, to a podcast and it's uh you, you feel ashamed sometimes that you can't see them and you know i hear tony or, or clayton or, or, or martin or whoever else and you think oh, i just don't see these these people enough and it's it's, it's such a shame yeah we need another new- so like these get togethers like you're going to arrange for canaville and the potential to see the rest of the fan cast and and socialise for that brief little bit. It's funny you should say that. That's definitely one of the reasons, you know, to do it. It's a good it's a good excuse to actually see each other. It's, it, it, people might think this is d- mad, but it's actually quite difficult to, to see everybody when you're at a game. Some of us go to, mm. I mean, JK's in hospitality, so he's getting his, his, uh, his, his you know, what is it, sautéed swan in, in, in Aussies. So we don't get to see him. <laughs> and then other, Mark's, Mark Meehan's always got other pubs to go to. You know, it's it's we're you know it's not as easy as you might think. So uh, I've so got to go. see him more because JK um, and Mark Mark Meehan didn't recognise me. They <laughs> did no way. It's probably thinking who's that strange bloke sitting over there in between Alex and Martin. Well, well, well. That's looking like Michael. You were looking like Michael Caine. It was really. <laughs> I thought what's Michael Caine doing in it. Well, a young Michael Caine, hopefully. Yeah, quite. <laughs> Indeed. All right, back to the football. Um, we didn't talk about this before because I knew we were going to talk about it now, really. But I mean, to be really honest, I think we would have got away with with one if 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 uh, if we had got a penalty for Suchek's handball. But that's not the point. It was so blatant. It was blatant, 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 and it was obvious. If you played football, if you understand football, you know that Suchek was cheating because that's what it is when you handball deliberately in the penalty area like that. It's cheating. He was not in any way trying to control his fall. His fucking knees were already on the turf, you stupid spanner of a referee. It does my fucking head in. These people are so incompetent. I feel much better for that. And nothing, and nothing. We don't even get an apology. Do you know what really got my goat most of all? That absolute egregious prick on BT Sport, Peter Walton, the ex-referee, who always sides with the VAR ref, whatever the stupidity of this is. Even he said it was a blatant penalty. Even he said it was a blatant penalty. <laughs> Good God alive. I mean, everybody... I to, therefore, I was trying to work out what, what the referee um, thought it was. What did he think from where he was looking? He, he thought like that they were he was controlling his fall and therefore it was accidental that the ball hit his hand. That's what they've come and out with. That's what they came out with. Yeah, he was controlling his fall and the ball then hit his hand as a consequence. Which is fucking not true. Use your eyes, man. He was already on the ground, absolutely, yeah. 
But then why did Howard Webb did Howard Webb go along with the fiction then? Is that he, what he's not mentioned us. Because no, Arsenal, Arsenal, where they forgot to draw the fucking offside line, or was it Brighton? Yeah. I can't, and, and then the Brighton one where he was clearly onside, apparently were more egregious and therefore more important. So they've actually personally apologised to Arsenal. Not us, though. No. Oh, because that's Chelsea and you can just fuck off. That's the message they're sending out, isn't it? <laughs> it looks like, I'm afraid. Yeah, completely. Yeah. I hate them with a passion. I really do. It pisses it was me the off. Theory, the theory with the Arsenal one was that it had taken three minutes and he was panicking, so he just made a decision. <laughs> you go, well, no, surely you could always, you know, ring up, ring somebody up, ring the ref up, ring the... ring. Phone a fucking port- friend, you idiot! <laughs> practically. Oh, actually, that's, what that, that's what VAR is, isn't it, really? <laughs> ring Howard Webb. Oh, what the fuck do I do? But no, it, it, but, but, but it's... You know, we 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 just go over this all the time, don't we, Chidge? It's oh. just, it's just absolutely ridiculous. I mean, it, it hurts. It just hurts. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm as you, I wasn't on the mic then. I'm doubled up in the, with the pain of it all. <laughs> I Can mean, I say that it, it's lovely to hear you feeling this way about it? Because normally <laughs> this is what happens to me. So I'm, you know, oh, I'm, I'm done just, with it, mate. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm done with it. On. I'm just nodding my head and agreeing and and feeling your pain. This was this less- was overbro esque. It was that it inept. Was, it was that in I mean, I, I mean, I can get a referee will miss something in the heat of battle. The game is incredibly fast. You cannot have eyes everywhere. I get that. And also, it will depend on the angle that you're at. This is why we have VAR, so you have the benefit of a bit of time and watching the replay back from all sorts of different angles. And this is what I don't get. How can you watch that replay and not see that that's a penalty? Because you spuriously think that the prick has fallen on the ball accidentally. I mean, it, I mean, God... It's just, I cannot understand how stupid people can be. It's just, I, I can't understand it. It does my yeah. Sweden. It really is. Here's a few. Here's a few. Uh, this, is, this is the other thing, right? Um, Kai's offside was by an inch or two. VR check was 30 seconds. Rice was offside by a yard. I, I mean, I didn't even get deflated when the ball hit the back of the net because it was so obvious it was offside. offside. I know, I know. Five minutes. Would you, believe, would you believe even we... And you were we, at the other end. <laughs> the other couldn't see it. We said we all turned to each other and said, oh, "I think Rice is offside." We, we all said that. God Almighty! So, I mean, five minutes, five minutes looking for a way they could give the flaming goal. No doubt, it's just it is just unbelievable. And this is the guy Swarbrick, Swarbrick, Swarbrick. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> he is the PGMOL head of VAR, the man in it's charge awesome. of all VAR. It it just, I mean. Christ on a bike. And then and then Potter. Potter says this afterwards. Now, okay, I'm I'm usually you know, I haven't had a rant like that for a long time. I mean I'm I know I'm I know I'm capable of it. I remember the Benitez year. I know. But I've I've grown up, I am matured, you know, I'm you know I'm in I'm in a much more karmic place these days. It's not like me to go off on one, but I mean it just I mean I've just had it with this. And this is Potter's response. Uh, yeah, it looks like it, but these are the little things that you need to go in your favour, and at the moment they're not, so that's life. Nothing to complain about there. It's just, we have to keep working. We have to improve. It's rubbish. I don't want to hear that. And to prove it, prove I'm not just a, a blowhard, right? Listen to what Joe Cole had to say about this. Listen to what Joe Cole had to say about this. This this is from uh, 
from BT Sport. I wasn't surprised because he's always diplomatic. Graham, he's, he's, he's doing a fantastic job. But if, if you had someone in the in his staff, I think, who's been in that level, maybe managed at that level, so you need to cause a bit of an uproar you know, do you know? because what it does it does two things it takes a, you know the deflection from the, the bad elements of, of your performance but it also you know it puts it on VAR Chelsea it costs Chelsea a chance to win the game there you know for no fault of your own you can dissect the performance of your team you know Monday morning go for it build and that but I would if I was advising him now I'd say look come out and, and make a thing of it let the Chelsea fans leave this stadium feeling hard done by it, instead of thinking why didn't we beat West Ham? You know, because we, we've signed all these players. You know, it changes the narrative of the story, and that's that's an ex- little bit. Inexperience. It, that's what I want to say. It comes with experience. That I think that you look at a Pep Guardiola or a Klopp or Mourinho in years yeah. gone by at Chelsea. They'd have been out. Mourinho would have been out in that um, press there. That would have been the story tomorrow. The yeah. back page would have been Mourinho slams VAR, yeah. and takes the gloss or, or, or takes the focus off of what happened on the pitch. There were some bits that you could improve on with Chelsea. That would not be the focus. It probably, it probably will be now. Oh, the money spent, the influx of players, etc. But you can negate that by controlling the narrative from that presser there. But I guess if, if that's his personality, it's difficult yeah. to, to mm. change who you are. As I said, having, having seen it, and then the presser, and then Joe Cole saying that, I mean, dear old Joe Cole, I mean, he nailed it, didn't he, didn't he Dane? I mean, you can't say better than that. That's what, that's what you want from your manager. Yeah, yeah. I I turned a page with with Potter probably about a good six weeks back. You know, I've, I've, there's a blank page, and I'm just accepting that there's a certain way this guy is, and we can't force him to be something he isn't. And then you hear someone like Joe Cole talk like that, uh, who who I respect so much and adore. And then I start questioning whether I should be more angrier with Potter. Uh, it. <sighs> It's a hard one because he has sort of alluded to a couple of press conferences before, didn't he? That he said, you know, well, don't worry, I do get angry, but I'm, I'm not going to show that to you guys. And I could see him just breaking a little bit because he mentioned like the stupid questions he gets. But yeah, so, sometimes you do want that passion, don't you? And it, it would help us, it, you know, it would have helped us deal with our frustrations as well. It's I just don't think that's the, that's just the way he is. He's He's professional to the core, isn't he? And he just doesn't. And it, and he he will be the first yeah, one the, to say the, it. The, the point, and... I think the point that sorry to butt in, Dame. I think the point that Joe yeah. Cole's making is not Joe Cole doesn't want him to do what I've just done and go off the deep end because all that will happen is he'll get fined and banned and Christ knows what else by the utterly hypocritical PGMOL and their you know bedfellows, the FA or the Premier League. What Joe Cole was saying, he could have done that in a calm Potteresque way. And basically made the point that it was a you know an in, a, in an you know an inaccurate decision. You don't, you don't have yeah. to say it was biased. You just say I'm sorry. That's handball. It was wrong, and it's cost us. That's what he had to say. And what Cole was saying is that that's what the the great managers do. They change the narrative. They take the focus away from the bad result. And we're going to spend most of this show talking about elements of the game which we were not happy with. When when actually the narrative for the media could have changed completely onto Chelsea were hard done by. They got a real bad decision against them. And that's what you know. As I said, experienced and elite managers do. And I and I think. They said it. They thought it was that he was inexperienced. I'm, I mean, he's had plenty of experience, J.K. I'm, I'm not sure what they meant by that. No, he's had huge experience. I think he's um, he just gives himself a way of behaving that is, unfortunately, leads to him, him being completely dull, and um, and means that his vocabulary is limited 
because we just had exactly the same things trotted out again at the, on the post-match, which was, you know, the constant use of the words, we need to be positive, we need to, we need to move forwards. Um, and, and once again, trotted out the uh, injuries, the coming back from the World Cup, uh, and they need time to gel. And uh, I, I'm just beginning to, to, to worry about... Um, I mean, I've already been very critical of him, so I, I, I almost feel it's, it's not worth adding to it. But I, I think that this is just consistently um, inept on his part. This is just consistently pretty feeble. And if it's reflected by the performances on the pitch, which are consistently feeble, I, I, I don't get it. I don't get what we're getting, what we're having to see before us. You know, he, he can't go on about this. This the team is gelling, and they need time to gel when. Felix came in and played out of his skin against Fulham and played out of his skin again and was just dumped into the side. You know, I, I think this somehow bedding them down to work out, you know, the system he's playing, as it were. Well, what is the system he's playing? If it's just about skill, if it's just about getting the ball forward um, and, and playing more quickly, well, they didn't do any of that in the second half. So what was it? Was it an energy thing? Was it a character thing? Um, uh, but I think from his point of view, he mentioned something about, you know, it was a good save by Suchek, expecting a kind of laugh from it, I suppose. But um, you don't get the impression. I mean, I keep going on about this. He, he isn't he isn't what an elite club needs to have as a figurehead. And if he just trots out the same banalities all the time about how good the opposition are, how it's always difficult. It's it's West Ham are below us. We should be taking them to the cleaners. We're, we've got much better players than them. He's not making it work. So it, it, how much time we're going to give him? Well, we give him the rest of the season. But I actually think the the game coming up and then the the two European ties, the two the two European matches are unbelievably important as a consequence, actually, because if we play in a toothless manner against Borussia uh, and, and duplicate what we've been seeing at the weekend, then I, I, you know, one begins to, to despair. It's this thing about you look at it and you go, all right, he needs time. All right, they've had injuries. All right, it's a new team, but even the even the most um, patient football fan must surely see that it's not working, whatever it is at the moment. So I think, fun enough, Chidge, I did. I think I actually did say it's, it's not, not working. working for me. <laughs> Out that out. I, ha I have an alternative view on that, as you will not be surprised to hear. But I want to hear Danes first. Oh, what I was, what I was about to say. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you've got to remember where I, I agree with Joe Cole, and, and and to an extent, Rio Rio was was adding a little bit in as well. And these are two elite players who played for elite championship winning clubs under elite managers like Alex Ferguson and Mourinho. They're talking from experience. I suppose you've got to look at Potter's background, you know, to an extent we've been spoiled, haven't we, over the last 20 odd years with, with, with managers and we've seen that certain manager we, who can rear up a bit and we all like that. And then we see Potter act his own way and he's either got it in him or he hasn't or something's going to click one day. He is going to have a rant and then from then on, that's the way he's going to be. It's it's. It seems like everything he's doing at the moment or not doing is 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 annoying everyone and it, it it's interesting to watch. But as I said, you know, I... I've got a blank page of him. I've sort of accepted that this season is going to be a certain way. And 
by getting myself wound up about it is a complete waste of time. Well, I know, I know what you mean, Dane. I mean, look, I hope it works out. I hope uh, that Bowley can prove us all wrong, that Bowley can prove that there's a, 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 a different way of doing it than we've experienced in the last 20 years. Of course I do. I love Chelsea. I want us to do well. My, my belief from the get-go, from the absolute get-go, was that I didn't think, or I don't think, that Graham Potter is the right manager for, for the Chelsea club that I know. Now, mm-hmm. my Chelsea club is, the, is a club that I've known since, you know, the, the late 70s and the early 80s. So what the hell is that even? It's changed so many times since then. But if we just go back to the last 20 years, that's been a very ch- different Chelsea experience for all of us. And it's one that we kind of like. And I kind of have grown accustomed to liking it like that. But in a big elite club, needs a big elite manager with a big elite personality in my view and okay throw Carlo Ancelotti at me fine uh Carlo laid back so laid back he's falling over but his personality was massive because of who he is and what he'd done you know he didn't have to go charging down the touchline like Antonio Conte he doesn't have to do that because he's Carlo Ancelotti he just raises his eyebrow that's all he needs to do because he's Carlo Ancelotti. But he's a big, big personality in that respect. And that's the kind of manager you would you expect to have at a club like we are now. Because what Roman Abramovich did was he jet-propelled us into the elite of European football where we had not been positioned before. Having said all of that, I do think that there, there are signs that, 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 that things are changing. And I do... I, 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 was, I was as fascinated by this statement that Potter made... Uh, post-match as I was about the I was appalled by the what he had to say about the handball I won't I won't do the brummy accent um, you can also see where the work is which is getting Reese James up to speed which is getting Ben Chilwell up to speed which is getting Ruben Loftus-Cheek up to speed which is getting Wesley Fofana up to speed which is getting N'Golo Kante up to speed uh, all of whom have been out quite a long time with injuries I don't disagree with any of that which is adapting Mudrick to the Premier League which is adapting Widey Wakey into the Premier League, which is adapting Benoit Badashiel into the Premier League quite well, it seems at the moment, which is adapting Jao Felix to the Premier League. Um, not JK's comments about Felix notwithstanding. Again, you know, common sense tells you that it will take time to gel these players. They've only just been thrown together. We know that. And he says, he finishes it off, that's just how it is. That's how I see it, and I'm just being honest to say how it is. I completely understand that people are frustrated if you don't win. There is nothing in that statement that I really fundamentally disagree with. I think for me, it is it is just that he doesn't feel like a Chelsea manager to me. But mm. I hope, I hope, you know, I hope Bowley knows what he's doing and we've got it right. Because at the back of my mind, I mean, here's the thing, at the back of my mind, and I think I read an article about it today, actually, which re-emphasized the point yet again. This time last year, Arsenal fans were absolutely calling for Arteta to get sacked. And now they're at the top of the league playing fantastic football and they look like the best Arsenal side that I've seen for donkey's years. They even will have a scrap at the slightest, uh, you know, slightest thing that goes against them on the pitch. They're all charging in, all 11 of them wanting to smack whoever's nearest, which, frankly, I like to see from my team and I never thought I'd ever see from an Arsenal side again. So he's done wonders there. Maybe Potter will do the same with Chelsea. But the thing is, you know, Arteta, whether he's a good manager or not, who knows? Maybe it's too early to tell for him. But I tell you what, he's a nasty fucking piece of work who likes to win. He has a winning mentality. And I wonder if Potter does. 
You know, is he a winner? Because when you manage an elite football club, you have to be a winner. That's what defines you. That's what dictates whether you win or not. I mean, look at some of the managers we've had in the past. Clearly, we're not winners. Ranieri, I mean, OK, I know he ended up winning the, the, the league with Leicester. But, you know, there are some managers, Pochettino, classic example. They will take you so far, but can they get you over the line? Now, us lot here have all dined at the table of not getting over the line. So we know what that's like. And I do wonder if that's what Potter is. He's not the kind of manager that will get you over the line, let alone uh, be the, the, the kind of elite uh, personality to carry a club of this stature and I've made this into like a state of the union speech for which I apologize but would either <laughs> of you two like to come back on my my kind of more more measured rant well I think I sort of said it really um uh, in my previous um uh attempts at oration and failures uh, at my rants um because I, you know, I, I, I had a go at him in in one of those presser videos that I made, and the whole statement behind that was: think of all the people who've who've been running this club, and uh, it, it goes without saying, Chidge, you need a um, an elite manager who, if particularly if they're a kind of spokesperson, um, you know, Guardiola when, when questioned after the uh, their victory. The other day in fact no it was the pre-press conference before they played and um villa wasn't it and they won easily um uh he he came across in a very um leader-like way um and was slightly angry was anti the media but you felt that there was there was a lot of knowledge behind it you didn't feel that there was platitude and um it's not you know what the big thing that that Botter seems to be keen on 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 presenting himself as is it's not really my job to do this I'm just here to to answer the odd um, question about football and you know that's all very well further down the divisions but uh, um, we just don't expect that from somebody who is Chelsea manager because it goes with what we've expected over the last 20 years and it's no good saying different times you know new it's different owner it's uh, I'm, I'm sorry it just goes with my my knowledge of 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 statesmanlike behaviour from somebody who is the figurehead for the club. You don't want mediocrity. And he's a mediocre man that way in terms of he's probably a great, you know, family man and a great I don't want to I don't want to to, to diss him in any way that way. But I just think as a, a man who is speaking at his mind to press conferences, he does not come up to scratch. And um he seems to be obsessed with um just being bland there's a blandness about it that i'm afraid doesn't fit the club but you know um i, I i'm i'm sure there are people saying you know once again it's always give him a chance well how do you give somebody a chance who in all the press conferences and the time we've given him and is exactly the same every time and is always looking to to be uncontroversial and uninformative and just to 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 speak to us as if we're we're almost kids you know there's a kind of um uh it's it's the lack of passion there's a lack of personality that we're really not used to with chelsea so um and i know people have come in and said well yeah well, there were other chelsea managers who were um inefficient at, at dealing with the press but i think in many instances because they couldn't speak the language properly 
Um, in this instance, obviously, like, like Danny Blanchflower. Danny Blanchflower. <laughs> he was. He was, he was terrific. So it is. He was, he was terrifically depressed, though. Terrific. No, he was. But well, he, he, he used to read when he, he we hired him when he was a journalist for the Sunday Express. He was, he was a journalist, and he he just appeared on that Gilbert Harding show about mm. uh, about um, and it, not not just but when he was captain of uh, Northern Ireland and Spurs, um, uh, talking about his his philosophy of football. D- delightful and, uh, man, wasn't he? Bless oh, him. Um, yeah. Unbelievably delightful. So you got well. There was that probably you know there was more Blarney at the press conferences and there was information about the club but I think he discovered that you know he, he didn't really know how to apply the theories that he'd been immersed in in the past you know 20, 20 years or they were completely out of date I mean um, you but... know it basically he reminds me of Ian Porterfield you know lovely man lovely mm. lovely lovely human being lovely man but just not not really us you know it, it's I, I don't, Too don't nice. want to I, well it's not even that I just don't want to hear Every single team has got its great merit. You know, I don't want to hear that we just need to to um, um, progress and be positive and move forward because I don't know what the fuck it means. Do you know what? When he says when he says, you know, we should be uh, uh, working hard to improve. No, we should be improving by working hard positively. Then do we go house because he's managed to get three (laughs) platitudes into one sentence? Oh dear! I yeah. don't know, Dane. I mean, it's. I go back to what I was saying. He's a, he's a nice man, but he's. I mean, you know, to pick up on what J.K. was saying, actually, I mean, I I, I think he's. A, I genuinely think he's a really good human being. I think he's a, he's a. I mean, I don't mean nice in the kind of pejorative way that it's often meant. I I just think he is a decent man, a really decent good man, um, and and I think out of that comes a really respectful tone. And I think that's kind of what what we see. Of course, we we don't want to be respectful. It, it irritates us. We want our managers to be, kind of, you know, um, in a sense, an extension of us. Like the players are an extension of us on the pitch in a way. Um, but you can you can you can say something like this in a press conference about a team. You know, you could say, look, here's the thing, guys. You know, our players are better than their players. We should win this match. Now, I'm not trying to diss West Ham or anybody like that. Because the great thing about this league is that on any given day, you know, a team can turn up, have better attitude than you, be be 5% more on it than you, and they can beat us. And we need to watch for that. But frankly, we should win this match. And, you know, that's not being disrespectful. That's telling it how it is. I mean, surely he can do that. And the other thing, very quickly, Dane, I heard somebody mention um, that uh, that he, he nearly always refers to, to, to the club as Chelsea in the press. as not we. I thought that was a very interesting pickup, actually. It, it, it's, I suppose what, what I'm trying to, you know, you, we're trying to dissect so much to try and understand the man and and these and frustrations. And, you know, we talk about winning mentality and, and, and that I, I have no doubt that some are born with that or some gain that over the years. And if you look at the managers who've gained that winning mentality, who's, who's taken over, you know, the manager of, of, of our club. They've won things. They've either been successful players or or both with players and management titles. And, and without being disrespectful, I'm looking, if I look at Potter's career, there's has he got that winning mentality yet? Because he hasn't won anything. Will it come? Uh, there's lots of questions that we're never going to have answers for. And you, you feel everyone's frustrations and, and like you said, there's nothing wrong with standing in a press conference. We should win this game. We should we should do this. Or we should do that. But um, 
he either hasn't got it in him or he just hasn't it will come when we start winning or if you win things yeah i think that's a, a very good way of putting it old bean i don't think we're going to get the, the the answer now and you know I, look I, I he's here for the he's here for the duration of the season i'm absolutely sure of that and i think possibly longer i really do you know, I think you know Bowley. Bowley, Bowley would have a lot of egg on his face if this went pear shaped. So I suspect that he's here until it until it either works or until it's just so so awful that for you know the sake of the financial preservation of the club he has to go. I think that's where we are. Right, we're going to have a quick break, but before we do that, uh, um, not least because Dane's here, but. Uh, we should give a quick plug to the King's Meadow Chronicle. Uh, Dane, are you involved? You're, you write for this, don't you? I did do the first two editions. I didn't do the third one, and I don't think I've done the fourth one either. He hasn't fired That's you already, has he? to be busy. Uh, no, no, no. I can sort of get away with, with murder with Dean. Okay. Well, would you like to, to explain how we can get the uh, King's Meadow Chronicle and what it is? Well, it's uh, it's very similar to like the pound fanzine, you know, but uh, obviously more writers for for our, our brilliant women's team. You can uh, you've actually put me on a spot now. So I don't know. <laughs> it's better if Dean says it, but obviously you've got the uh, you've got the Twitter account. You can contact Dean and you can actually subscribe to it, and it can get sent to you right. by EDF through your email or for a proper copy through the post. And he actually, for most home games, uh, he will stand outside Kings Meadow in, in a certain position selling them as well. All right. You've pretty much nailed it. I mean, just to uh, re-emphasize a couple of things, it is called the King's Meadow Chronicle. It's a new fanzine on the Chelsea women's team produced by our very own Dean Mears, and it's got some excellent contributors, including Dane, of course, and Dean, and Clayton from this parish, and many others besides. It is available as a PDF for £1, or for those in the UK, a physical copy is available for £2, plus postage and packing, unless, of course, you turn up to the games uh, at the King's Meadow Stadium, where Dean will be selling it. Uh, you go to kingsmeadowchronicle.bigcartel.com. I thank you, and I'll see you in a minute. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com Welcome back to the Chelsea Fancast. I'm Stamford Chidge, of course. It's part three. Uh, time for uh, a, re- a preview. We've been reviewing, so it's time to preview the Borussia Dortmund versus Chelsea game. But before I do that, of course, I'm joined by the fantastic Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Lovely to be on the show, Cheech. Lovely. And uh, also aided and abetted most wonderfully by Dane Whittle. Evening, everyone. Or morning or afternoon, if you're listening on downloads. Very good. Yes, good point. And uh, right, now, uh, we haven't done this for a while because basically I've been too damn lazy to get uh, supporters from other clubs onto preview games. I'm just too damn busy. But... uh, I know this chat fairly well, and we're in we're in regular communication. And uh, he very kindly asked me to go on their show on Saturday, so it seemed to be um, would have been stupid not to have him on, uh, let alone rude. Uh, so I'm delighted to welcome again, actually, because he's been on the show before, and he was talking about Thomas Tuchel. But the lovely Ben McFadden, who is a journalist, and also I'm now get I have to get this right, Ben. So correct me if I'm wrong. The chairman of the Borussia Dortmund London supporters group. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Borussia Dortmund Fan Club London since 2013, indeed. Well, there you go. So um, amazingly enough, I've got something right. Now, I know you're looking forward to this because we were talking about this on Saturday. I think we, we all are. Nothing like the Champions League when it gets going. Um, I'm going to kick off really with what you think. Uh, well, I'd love to hear a little bit about the, the Bor- Borussia Dortmund team, the players, but what you think the likely team selection might be. Okay, sure. So I guess we'll start with that. Um, well, um, I would say that um, you'd certainly be looking at um, Gregor Kobel in goal. Um, that's highly likely. Uh, the Swiss goalkeeper, um, he's been with them for uh, one season now. He's uh, came from Five Stuttgart, absolutely rock solid. Um, Bank of Switzerland, basically really, really good. Um, you're looking at, um, they've got a new player at left back, uh, Julian Riersen, who is a Norwegian international um, left back, but uh, left back can also be um, Rafa Guerrero as well, who I think many people will know. He's been with the Portuguese national team for seems like a decade now. Um, and obviously, you know, being uh, good enough to be left back in the uh, Portuguese team, a lot of the time, uh, he is a, a very good player. Leeds United have had him uh, on his on their radar this season. Um, we're looking at, uh, probably, um, the, the defense is quite, is quite variable. So basically we've got two, um, two other options. We've got, uh, Marius Wolf, who can also play in midfield. He came from Frankfurt, uh, two seasons ago. Um, he, uh, has been playing right back recently, uh, in the cup against Bochum. Um, but, um, they also have, um, Mats Hummels, obviously, which I think most people know. Um, in the centre of defence, um, he is—he's getting on a bit now. I think he's thirty-two or thirty-three, but I mean, he's been a, a Germany international legend for well, I, again, best part of a decade. Came from left from Dortmund, went to Bayern, came back again, um, and yeah, he's very much the, a leader in the team. Um, that could alternate. Um, they could bring uh, put in Nico Schlotterbeck, who is uh, Germany. Uh, international defender who is incredible in my opinion um he's a young guy came from SC Freiburg last season um and yeah an absolutely outstanding defender uh next to Niklas Süle which some people may remember from Bayern Munich um he won a number of titles he's actually on the same wages as Marco Royce right now so you can imagine how much Dortmund uh, think of him um a very very good basically defence, which is extremely positive because Dortmund haven't had a solid defence for a couple of seasons. I mean, last three or four seasons, we've been conceding a lot of goals. And as we know, you know, any winning uh, championship winning team is built on its defence. So I think basically Dortmund have got a lot of different options in defence. And, um, you know, they're certainly going to be well prepared against Chelsea and looking to defend, um, very much defend and, and come away with at least a point Um um, in the home game, um, if not, if not, if not better. In front of that, you've got an Emre Chan who's in form. Many may remember Emre Chan from his Liverpool days a couple of years back. He's basically holding midfielder. Um, alongside that, you've got, uh, or in front of that, I should say, um, uh, Zali Odchan who came from Erstefte Köln. Uh, in my opinion, one of the best buys Dortmund have done in many seasons. He came in for about five million from Erstefte Köln. Um, he brings some of that robustness to the defensive midfield. Um, and how could I not mention the indomitable, indomitable British bulldog, 
that is Jude Bellingham next to him. Um, absolutely outstanding. I think he would easily slot into uh, Man City or Chelsea or you know Man United or any top English team. Um, I think a lot of people very much admire Jude Bellingham. Uh, recently, we've been playing on the wing uh, Jamie Bino Gittens, who is a, a young player, um, 19 years old, came from the Reading Academy, joined um, a, a year ago. Uh, again, a young uh, British British player. Um, he scored an absolutely astonishing goal against um, Werder Bremen at the weekend. Uh, he's got a wonderful right foot. Uh, and in front of that, my absolute favourite, which is uh, Julian Brandt, uh, which I think many people will know, um, a blonde uh, German player, uh, classic classic um, uh, forward, uh, but they can also alternate that with Karim Adeyemi as well, um, who I think many will know came from RB Salzburg last season was Dortmund's uh, second most expensive buy. And uh, recently, of course, they've also been playing a player that many may remember from his West Ham days, although they weren't the best, let's face it, uh, Sebastian Aller, who has been out uh, with testicular cancer, unfortunately. He's gone through the whole cycle of chemotherapy, etc. And uh, yeah, he's been back. He came straight back um, in January, uh, scored three goals, a hat-trick in his uh, first game against Fortuna Dusseldorf, a friendly. Um, and yeah, basically, this is a team that can um, rotate and uh, very few injuries. They're in a good, pos good position and in a very, very, very positive morale right now. Yeah, sorry, J.K. You look poised like a cobra. No, I was going to say, should we all go home now? You know, yeah. no, <laughs> no, no, no. I tell you what, though. I mean, it, 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 you know, what if I have a comment about the side that that, that Ben's laid out there? Um, I mean, obviously, we all know about Bellingham, and I think he's a phenomenally good player. I mean, God, I'd love to have him at Chelsea. He was certainly England's best player during the World Cup. Uh, but we also know a bit about Hummels. We know about Royce. We know about Haller because he, I think he played for Frankfurt, didn't he? Eintracht Frankfurt before before going to West Ham. And we played them in the Europa yeah. Europa Cup. And he he impressed in that, actually. Um, that's right. Yeah. That's right. So, yeah, you, we, sorry, mate. Yeah, we know we know a few of their players. But what, one observation, and can, obviously, we know. I just wonder. They they would I would it be unfair of me to say they're they're, they're a bit of an aging squad or they've got a few old players playing for them? I don't I don't think that necessarily applies. I mean, you'll notice that I uh, purposely left Marco Royce out. Yes, I did um, notice is, that. Yeah, he's very much the leader of the team, and he comes in um, um, as needed. Essentially, um, he came in as a joker um, and scored the winning goal um, against Farfield Bochum. And, um, you know, he's literally a player who's essentially a midfielder, but can play on the wings, can play as a forward, very much a leader. I mean, yes, Hummels and Royce are um, essentially older and they're also their contracts are up for renewal this summer. Um, and um, that's true. But then you see, the thing is that Dortmund have a mixture of um, of very much established players and also a very much young players. If you look at guys like Gio Reyna, 19 years old, um, or Jamie Bino Gittens, um, I think he's 18 or 19. Um, so it's it, and it's very much and Jude Bellingham, I think he's what 20, 21. So it's a mixture of um, of young and old, I would say basically. But essentially, I wouldn't necessarily agree with that at all. In fact, I would say that a year ago, perhaps a year and a half ago, you might have said that players like uh, Gio Reyna were um, inexperienced, but they're really coming into their own. Um, and I think that the fact that um, guys, as you say, like um, 
like Bellingham and also um, Reyna and so on, uh, went to the World Cup, has actually improved their game a lot. Mm -hmm. So I think what you see right now is a Dortmund team that's coming into its own, that's um, got a lot of variety and that can basically um, do a lot of squad rotation. So that those are the strengths that Dortmund have right now. What about the weaknesses, Ben? <laughs> yeah. I'm more interested um, in those, really. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as a Borussia Dortmund fan, since I was 12 years old, my dad came from Dortmund, obviously, or stepdad, I should is that, say. Is that how you became my... a fan? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, we moved to Germany when I was 12. I hated the place. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I couldn't speak a word of German. I thought the language was horrible. And uh, basically, um, it was only when I went to the Yellow Wall, the Südtribüne, that I actually started absolutely loving Germany and loving Dortmund. And it's been a kind of a love affair ever since then. And um, when I moved back to England, I started the fan club. And it's been, yeah, it's been really, really fun just meeting up with German people and also seeing how many people have actually, English people have started loving the underdogs in, in uh, Borussia Dortmund in contrast to Bayern Munich. I mean, you know, that's the forever rivals. But yeah, so in essence, um, weaknesses. Well, I'm not going to knock them too heavily, but I mean, essentially the last few seasons, we've conceded a hell of a lot of goals. Um, and at times uh, when put under pressure, um, I'll be very fair and say that Dortmund can look very chaotic um, and um, they, they, they don't like being put under pressure at all. Um, and so I think that that's kind of is the key issue, essentially, is that they do have a propensity to concede goals. Um, for example, um, two weeks ago against Augsburg, they conceded three goals in a 4-3. And also, if you look at the recent run of form, I mean, we have won six games in a row. But they've been all of them, uh, without exception, have been with quite poor against quite poor opposition. Um, so basically, they're you know apart from Freiburg, you've had uh, Mainz, Augsburg, Bochum, Werder Bremen. Uh, all of them are mid to lower table teams. What about Leverkusen? So really, yeah, well, okay, Leverkusen is is the exception. Freiburg is the exception. A highly informed Freiburg this season, and we did. To be fair, we absolutely smashed Freiburg five one. So I think it just really depends on the form. But Dortmund can at times get chaotic when put under too much pressure, um, and I think that our excellent run of form has to, you know, our luck has to run out sooner or later. Um, and I just, I just wonder how well we're going to cope uh, against a team that has as much muscle as you might say, and is as compact as, as, as Chelsea is capable of being. Um, and I think you're just going to be able to grind it out probably tomorrow and, and get a result for yourselves. I mean, that that's interesting. Sorry, J.K., come in, come in. No, I'm just going to say I'm not convinced that we're very good at grinding out anything at the moment. So, uh, And we look to me to be a, a team in the lower half of the division who you've been trouncing recently. So uh, um, given the... Uh, the uh, the formation and the the number of very decent players who I recognise and have seen play, um, I'm beginning to think that this could be much more of a one-sided uh, um, experience than um, than we ever thought it might be. It 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 hugely depends on on uh, on how he sets them up. But at the moment, we're struggling to work out how he sets anything up at the moment. Potter, we don't know what pattern of play there is. We don't know. He seems to just choose players. You know, willy nilly. Um, there's a kind of pattern to them. I suppose defensively, Badashiel is and Badashiel and uh, Silver are, are, are beginning to um, create some kind of partnership. But um, we don't know whether he's if he plays Cucurella, you'll just play the ball down the right hand side all the time because he really is a weak cog. 
Um, JK, uh, I, I just wonder what Ben said about the physicality there, because I, I don't want to speak. Yeah, and I'm, I'm bemused about that. Because we, that. we would say, Ben, that we, we moan a lot about our lack of physicality when it comes to the e, Premier League, e. right? Yeah. Bucarella hasn't got any physicality. Um, Reese James is uh, is fifty percent since he's been two games. He's still, the physicality that used to be there. We were saying that he 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 took Real Madrid to task. He had Vinicius in his pocket. Um, Vinicius is one of the best players in Europe at the time. And at the moment, we're not seeing that. So I'm not sure whether I mean Fernandez will get stuck in. I'm sure of that. Fernandez is a very decent player, even in the two games we've seen. And Felix is a very decent player. But it, um, but you know, if he gets stuck in, he'll get sent off. But um, uh, other than that, it's very experimental. And um, yes, the physicality isn't something that um, uh, if Kovacic was playing, possibly, but he's injured. So um, um, it's it's a, it's a sort of throw of the dice for us, really. Yeah. You know, what's going to turn up, you know, yeah. rather than physicality. So. Well, one thing I one thing I would would I mean, I, I didn't get to ask you this on, on Saturday, but <sighs> Because, I mean, as you've already kind of figured out, I was on Saturday. JK is, you know, right now. But we're a bit worried about this. That's the reality. We, we, we're we kind of fearful of getting on the wrong end of a big one here. However, the one thing that, that prevents me from jumping off onto, into that deep end at the moment is the difference between the quality of the Bundesliga versus the quality of the Premier League. Um, and the weird thing is, what, what makes me think that is, you know, because we bought Havertz and Werner, Werner scoring goals for fun in the Bundesliga comes over to the Premier League can't hit a cow's ass with a banjo Havertz the Wunderkind of the German team again you know knocking it out of the park in Germany comes over here and he's never really looked quite quite the same player and and one, one you know it makes me think well maybe maybe the Bundesliga qualitatively is not as good as the Premier League maybe it's a lot harder over here because it's actually a better league so maybe that will be an equaliser Ben because I mean your form is outstanding at the moment there's no getting away from that and you're what three points off Bayern Munich at the top of the Bundesliga at the moment yeah yeah that's right with Union Berlin sandwiched in the middle who are this are literally the Freiburg and Berlin are the two teams basically to watch out for right now but um yeah, I mean that's absolutely right. I mean, I think what Dortmund are doing right right now is is that they're very gritty and they're as usual very explosive and pacey, but they do not like being put under pressure. And I don't know quite how robust that uh, midfield is basically when put under pressure. So, I mean, I think the thing to do is essentially, uh, well, I'm not going to give it away, but you know that I've, I've said what I've said. And and over respects of the um, the Bundesliga versus uh, the English league, I mean, there's absolutely no question about that at all. I mean, Eintracht Frankfurt um, were the first team um, to win a European title that wasn't Bayern since 1997. Um, the German national team have been knocked out um, at the last 16, the Euros, um, in the World Cup, in the last two World Cups um, in the first round. Um, so you're not talking about the... Um, you know, unbesiegbaren anymore. I mean, um, German football is, um, is 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 quality when it's FC Bayern München, uh, and it's quality when Dortmund are having a, a really explosive day. But um, at the end of the day, um, I mean, there's very little comparison, I think, between the top sort of three, four teams in in the Premier League uh, on a very good day um, with 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 most of the Bundesliga. Now, I would say that um, Bayern, Frankfurt, and Dortmund have been playing uh, above. 
above above their um, above their ability level level um, this season in Europe. But um, you know, obviously Bayern are a team which can impress on any season. So I mean, at the end of the day, um, yes, there is there's there there will be um, a lack of confidence, let's say, in the face of of the of the top Premier League sides. Um, and Dortmund have never faced Chelsea, but. On the same note, I would also, uh, you know, a note of caution, the Borussia Dortmund Stadium, the Westfalenstadion or Signal Iduna Park, I don't think, I, I don't think Chelsea will have played in more, in many more intimidating stadiums um, than 81,000, um, including 50,000 standing. Uh, anyone who's going out to Dortmund um, is going to experience a stadium which is compact, extremely close incredibly noisy um and unbelievably united and in its ferocity so it is very much like um like istanbul basically it's it's very loud um you know bright and very intense um and so i think you know it it's not one for the team need to go in very confident and they need to know what they what they've got in the tank and 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 put put Dortmund highly under pressure basically but i mean it'll be a wonderful spectacle of football to be frank I was going to ask you about that actually, about you know what what experience awaits because we've got a few mates going. One of our regulars is is going, isn't he? Mark Mark Meehan's going, so I was quite curious as to what 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 delights one can find in Dortmund as well as the arena. Before I do that though, I'm going to remind you, Ben, that uh, Dortmund uh, have played twelve uh, games against British clubs and they've only managed three draws and nine defeats and have yet to win. <laughs> so the track record against English clubs is is not good. Um, yeah, I mean, we knocked out at rain, against Rangers last season, Glasgow Rangers. I mean, what does that tell you? Blimey, that that is that is. I'm surprised at that. Anyway, I, I shall I shall uh, I shall avoid your embarrassment by asking you what what experience. What I mean, tell me about Dortmund. What can what can experience in the city before the game, and then what's I mean, I think you've alluded to how mad it's going to be in the stadium, but the yellow wall is something that we all know a lot about. Yeah, I mean. I lived in Dortmund for six, seven years, and uh, it is an industrial city. Um, it's very similar to Sheffield. Um, it's uh, an industrial city of steel and coal um, in, in the past, and now they've kind of adapted to more modern industries like computer industries and so on. Uh, but it still has a very high level of unemployment. Um, it's It was absolutely bombed to smithereens by the British. Um, the British occupied the rural valley until about... Uh, 10 years ago, um, they had masses, you know, huge amounts of British troops over there occupying Germany. Uh, and um, yeah, I mean, the city is essentially, it's a sort of industrial city. Um, it literally is mad about its football team. Everything in town is yellow and black. I mean, everywhere you watch, every little baker will have a yellow and black cake in the window. Every little pub bar will have yellow and black scarves. Um you know, the place becomes literally an ocean of yellow and black on a match day. Um, they're very, they're basically a friendly lot. Um, they're, they're always happy to see people come in unless it's Schalke. Uh, who were... <laughs> Nobody <laughs> likes Schalke. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, you should go to the Altermarkt, which is the, the market square in the middle. Um, and uh, go to Venkers. Um uh that's that's a really nice bar uh, on the corner um and um basically the the german football museum the national football museum opposite the railway station is really good um dortmund themselves have a borseum which is the um 
the club's museum. I don't know. I think it's not open on match days, but if you're there the day before or the day, well, if you're there the day after, you can get in uh, and also do the stadium tour as well. Um, a place that not many people will know about is the Basisplatz, which is in the north of Dortmund. Um, if you ask locals to show you the way, uh, you can go over there. That's where Dortmund always go and celebrate their um, their titles uh, on the open top bus. Um, it's basically a square where the club were founded in 1909. Uh, and there's the Holy Trinity Church there, which has got like uh, they keep like... Um, the club were actually founded in the Holy Trinity Church. Um, so basically they keep like um, Dortmund, um, uh, like the, the, the banner uh, of the club and other sort of famous kind of um, things like uh, shirts and, 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 and other things and photographs from, you know, it's, it's, it's just a kind of almost like a, an amazing kind of um, museum in itself, but, uh, but a very much an authentic experience. Um, and um, it's actually quite a, it's quite a, a poor neighborhood now, a, a poor uh, sort of um, neighborhood uh, in the north of Dortmund, uh, which is mainly immigrants nowadays, um, mostly Turkish and so on who live there. But um, it still has that amazing flavor and feeling of, of, of the authentic Dortmund. Um, and I think, yeah, the, the Basisplatz and the uh, Dreifaltigkeitskirche, which is the Holy Trinity Church, uh, if you go down there, you should go and see uh, Pastor Hauk and send, t tell him that uh, Ben from London Fan Club sent you. He'll <laughs> he'll be happy to ha happy to show you around. He's the uh, the chaplain there, and um, yeah, the German Football Museum, as I mentioned, Dortmund's Museum, Borussia, Venkers um, Pub. That those are the basic basic places that I would suggest that you do basically. Yeah, yeah, that's it's oh. it's not it's not a glamorous city, but it is a city that lives and breathes football, yeah. absolutely a hundred percent. That's a really good description of it. Thank you, Ben. Right, you've kind of alluded uh, to to how you think the match is going to go, but you you think it'll be a bit tight and gritty, and I, I, I'm I'm smelling a one-one here, Ben. Yeah, I, I totally concur with you. I think you'll probably come away with a point because I I, I don't think as much as I. Uh, you know, everybody in Dortmund uh, loves Aidan Terzic, um, the coach. Uh, he came in last season um, as an interim coach, basically took over, um, won us the cup and was then appointed. Uh, sorry, it was the season before last. Marco Rosa was with us last season. Marco Rosa essentially was never given a chance. Terzic uh, then took over after just one season. And he's the what they call publicum sleepling. So he's basically... He's one of us. He's he's a boy from the Zutribune, from the Yellow Wall, um, who really um, you know fits in with the club. He really gets on with the with the fans. Um, he's been known to um, watch games from the stands in the past, and um, he basically is the kind of the the clock, if you like, right now. That he kind of he connects the team with the fans, uh, with the Yellow Wall, the Zutribune, which is the you know the big stand of twenty six thousand standing behind the goal where the ultras are in block thirteen and fourteen in the middle. Do they have a drum? They have absolutely everything. Um, drums and uh, megaphones. Uh, it will be a sea of yellow and black flags, as you can imagine. Um, the ultras will almost certainly do a choreography. Uh, I would have thought they'll probably do uh, pyrotechnics as well. And uh, they will literally sing for 90 minutes. I mean, they will sing without nonstop. They will be literally trying to, uh, you know, push the team as hard as they can. Yeah. So Chelsea essentially needs to go in 
very confident and and really really put them under pressure uh, and you need to stifle that initiative um, that's literally the most important thing is stifle the initiative and and peg them back basically yeah. um because you know you're up against it do, frankly do, do, uh, they, do they have an umpire band well uh, that's bavaria i would say you won't <laughs> fair find enough that <laughs> You won't find that. But you, what you will find is some extremely good schnitzels. Um, you want to get yourself some Dortmunder Union beers in or Brinkhoff's beer. Um, and you're going to love it because in the stadium, you can have a beer, you can have a smoke, you can no stand. <laughs> I'm, that's it. I'm that have... fuck Chelsea. I'm going to be a Dortmund fan from now and you can smoke and drink in the stadium. What's what not to like? I'm done. That's it. <laughs> yeah. It's a great atmosphere, it really is. I mean, it's a very pure football experience. Um, I think your 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 fans are going to come back absolutely loving it. Basically, I mean, it is very good. It's very, very, very good. But, I'm sure um, they will, Ben. I'm sure they will. I mean, I might, I might. Well, apart from winning the damn thing in 2012, my other abiding memory of Munich was was how awful the food was to the extent that the only thing I had to eat all day, I mean, the breakfast, the Frühstück was just unbelievably bad uh the, the only thing i had for the rest of the day was the the biggest pretzel i've ever seen in my life i mean it was it was almost body shaped or sized and i munched on that and and that just about soaked up the huge amounts of stein that i managed to imbibe during the entire day uh, so i wasn't impressed with the food but I'm, I'm blaming bavaria for that one nothing to do with dortmund ben uh, i have to say um having having spent half my life in germany uh I literally cannot stand English food, and uh, <laughs> so up yours, Chidge. <laughs> the only the only stuff I like here is Branson pickle and marmite um, and cheddar cheese. <laughs> ben, so, you, you, I mean, you, um, you could you could you no, know, that's a healthy diet in my book. That's fine. German food, um, I think, is absolutely outstanding. You've got the sauerbraten, you've got the um, schnitzel, you've got the hordkohl. Uh, they do this amazing. Um, they do. I, I think it's absolutely delicious. I mean, you, you want to be trying it all out. You do the Schweinehaxe, which is like this massive joint knuckle of pork. Um, and it comes with sauerkraut, with bacon and nice. uh, and roast potatoes. And it is absolutely unbelievable with a massive Stein of Dortmunder beer. And remember that Dortmund at one point had, had uh, over 100 breweries. So, I mean, it is very much the city of uh, steel, coal and beer, basically. Um, and it's a good working class city. I mean, it's, you know, a very authentic football experience. And oh, yeah, I've been I've been to about 400 games so far. I absolutely love going out to Dortmund, but Brilliant. it's not glamorous. I mean, don't expect glamour. It's not Dusseldorf. It's not Munich. It's not Hamburg. No, fair enough. Ben, um, we're going to let you go. Before we do that, um, where can we find you? Where, 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 where's, you know, Twitter, socials, that kind of thing? Yeah, well, all the best. Good luck. Yes, Have a great time. Of <laughs> I, I would concur with you on the scoreline. And uh, yeah, catch me on um, uh, the uh, Borussia Dortmund Fan Club London uh, Facebook group. That would probably be the best. Or under or under Twitter on the Bundesliga Ben. There we go. Well, we generally wish you well. Um, I shall be seeing you in a couple of weeks for the return anyway. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be intriguing. But best of luck tomorrow. Obviously, I hope we win, not you. But other than and that, go on. Don't forget, don't forget, seventh of March, Borussia Dortmund Fan Club London versus Chelsea Supporters Group football match at the Linford Christie Stadium for the Earthquake Fund of the British Red Cross. 
from 3 p.m. Right. Please do come down in numbers. We would love to see you help raise some money for a fantastic cause. Have, have you in got... Bush, isn't it, Linford Christie? Yeah, it is, mm. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, we, we, we were going to move there, rumoured, wasn't it? Like donkeys We were temporarily going to yeah, move there. Yeah. We, we were going to then, then, then offer it to Queen's Park Rangers. That's right. We were going to build it for 40 million in the area because yeah. it's a running club. I used to be... Uh, um, it was Thames Valley Harriers. I used to be a member there, and it's a it's a big running club as well. Yeah. So there's I a love ma- that. massive space of a massive amount of land there. Yeah. But uh, how, how interesting! And they they put a, a pitch there. That's great. Yeah. Isn't, that, what, isn't was it... what was the date again? What was the date again? It's 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 on the on the return game. So basically, um, we've got um, we've got the match at um, three p.m. Um, and uh, and then that's eleven aside um, ninety minute game on on a grass pitch in the middle of the Linford Christie Stadium. Uh, and then uh, after that, we've got a, a, a black and yellows only uh, party screening, big screening in Fulham uh, to watch the game for anyone basically who doesn't have a ticket. Um, and yeah, so hopefully it's going to be a fantastic night. And uh, courtesy of Mr. Chidge, uh, it looks like at least one Borussia Dortmund fan is going to get into the uh, Stamford Bridge. But um, let's let's get tomorrow's game out of the way first. Um, what's going to, yeah, have you got a team for this uh, you know match on the 7th yet? We've, we've I know you. Bruce I know you have. But have you got opponents? <laughs> um, well, I, I'm going to leave that up to your mate Peter, and I'm, right. I'm pretty confident. We're we're just wondering just how good you're actually going to be, and whether you're literally going to send Graham Lasso and um, and a uh, Frank Leboeuf and uh, Marcel Desailly and other uh, famous former players, to be frank. Um, but um, yeah. We'll uh, we'll see how it goes, but anyway, it's a good cause and it's a fantastic uh, afternoon to come down and enjoy it with us. So even though it's three o'clock in the afternoon, hopefully we should get uh, a good number of people coming down. Right. Chidge. Okay, and I'll, thank I'll, you. I'll keep trying to help with that. But Ben, as always, delightful to see you. Good to see you on Saturday. Equally good to see you tonight, and uh, see you in a couple of weeks. Cheers, guys. Thanks a lot. All the best. Well done. Well done, Ben. Terrific. Brilliant. Lovely stuff. There you go. The lovely Ben McFaddy in there who uh, is who runs the Borussia Dortmund London Supporters Group. And uh, I need to do some work and help him find a team. That's a good point, actually, because the Chelsea uh, Supporters Club and group used to organise the Cobham tournaments, didn't they, back in the day? And they always used to get some teams together. So, uh, yeah, I mean, if anybody's out there... And who wants to? Because I mean, you know, me and J.K. have retired from football. Sadly, we're too old. Uh, so uh, if you fancy a game against Ben's Borussia Dortmund mob, then uh, then uh, get in touch, and we'll we'll put you in touch and make a game of it, as they say. So there you go. Great stuff from Ben there. Lovely to see him as always. Uh, right now we need to kind of pre- preview it ourselves, don't we? To be honest, um, it's um, yes, you know, it's kind of. It, I think it's it's so tricky. It's so tricky to call this, isn't it? That's the bottom line. I mean, you know, Ben was being cagey about it, uh, and I don't blame him. Should we start with my team selection? Because that tends to kind of yeah, please. Yeah. I, I know, that. I know, you're all champing at the bit, waiting for it. All right, here we it. go. I love it, Chidge. I love your little green, little green pitch and your blue men. I know, I know, I like it too. All right, <laughs> it's not, it's not massively controversial, possibly, but Kepper and goal. <clears throat> have, if, if he's capable of it, you've got to start Chilwell, the wing commander. Uh, you've got to start start Reese James. I was thinking actually, will it be Rolls Reese or Rolls Royce in the game? That's that's my headline. Anyway, that's all right. That was lost on you. I'll tumbleweed that out. Anyway, 
was the the Royce aspect of Marco, it? Marco, Marcus Royce, the German. Will it be Rolls oh, Royce James or Rolls? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good, Chase. Very good. It got confusing because I thought we were just talking about Chelsea players. No, no. Yeah, anyway, okay. Chilwell, Chilwell, uh, the wing commander, Rhys James, uh, Silver, Kepper, obviously. I think he'll pick Koulibaly, but I'd rather he played Chiloba. Chilo- yeah. But I think he'll pick uh, Cut Koulibaly. Um, midfield, Fernandes, obviously. Uh, I think he'll pick Cheek, but I kind of would prefer to see Gallagher there. But actually, I know Cheek can do a job. Um, I think Felix plays where he did the other day. So, you know, kind of in the middle of a three, because it'll be 4-2-3-1. Mudrick, obviously, on the left. I think Mount on the right, rather than uh, Whitey Wakey. I think Whitey Wakey's still trying to get to grips with playing for Chelsea at the moment. I thought Mount looked really good when he came on. I mean... He's not... Uh... He's not allowed, is he, Midwakey? Whitey Wakey? No, I think he made the cut. Oh, did he? I thought they was... What, why, why was that? Because he'd... Well, I don't I know. Even, Maybe you know what, something I don't hear. I thought he... I did. thought they could only register three new players, and that was Felix, uh, mm-hmm. Mudrick, and Enzo. Yeah. I stand it corrected. Was. I stand corrected. Unless he got in... I think he'd to be on... Yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not too knowledgeable on that. Well, it's a good That's job a Good job I didn't pick though. him. Good job I didn't pick him then, Dane. I'd have looked a right yeah. Pratt, Pratt if I'd have done that. I'm sure he missed out. I know he had you football. of course, and I shouldn't have done because he wasn't picked. Well, I, 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 I know, picked. I, we knew he didn't make the cut because we were so fuming I about knew. it the other week. So anyway, yeah, Mudrick, Felix, Mount on the right. Uh, Havertz still gets to start because Aubameyang didn't make the cut and uh, I don't think Fafana's ready yet. And, uh, I mean, it might be good to come on as a sub. Brozier's obviously injured. So, nothing massively controversial there, I don't think. Uh, what do you what do you reckon, boys? Fofana make the cut. I don't think he did. did, it, did he yeah, because he was originally on it. Yeah, yeah, he made it. Not not Wesley. I mean, Fofana so D. Did. Oh. The, the oh, I don't think he did. He must have no. done. Oh, Otherwise, we've only got, we haven't got a striker in our Champions League squad. You're not telling me we don't, don't, please don't tell me that. Well, as far as I know, you can only register three new players. Yeah, and they the three new players was Fernandez, Mudrick, Mudrick. So then he has them. So we've got no fucking striker registered for the Champions League. Clearly, Chelsea don't want to participate in it this year. That's the plan. Apparently, we've all been waiting to know what the fucking plan was. That's it. Let's long off the Champions League. We don't <laughs> care about that. It's a shit tournament. You um, know as well, you know as well as I do, he won't pick Chilwell. You know he'll picture Cucurella. You know he will. You just, that's just, it's just, you know. I, we don't know. We don't know no, for sure. No, for sure we don't. But, but in the same way that we we said the other day uh, that he would definitely pick Chilwell, didn't we, uh, for the West Ham game. However, at the end, I think a little voice said, having said that though, Chidge, he will pick Cucurella. And of course he did. And I'm just echoing it once again, that the chances are, that regardless of what we saw, Chilwell looking streets ahead of Cucurella and being looking like a proper, proper fullback, proper overlapping fullback, um, he will pick Cucurella. And uh, I agree with Mount, and I agree with I, I agree with the rest of the team, but I, he won't pick Gallagher. He'll pick Cheek. I mean, if he does, I'm not. I'm. I mean, like we were talking about in part one, I, I thought Cheek did a good enough job on. Uh... Yeah, but I, and I, I don't think Gallagher would do. Um, I think I agree with you. He, he runs all over the place, and he won't be as disciplined as mm. yeah. as Cheek, Cheek would be. But um, yeah, I think that's that's the uh, that's the lineup. And also, you've got you've got Bellingham in midfield for them. I mean, that's that's a worry 
he's a good, good player. You need somebody to keep hold of him. The way that Ben said it, I thought everybody was good. I was going, oh, God, they've got him. Oh, God. Yeah, but Can, Can is a pile of shit. He was rubbish at Liverpool towards no, the was, end. And he's rubbish now. Hummels is ancient. Royce yeah. is ancient. That's well, why... Silver's ancient. Yeah, but Silver's a one-off, isn't he? But uh, they've clearly got some talented youngsters, and I don't know much about them. Haller's not up to much. I mean, he was rubbish against us when we played Frankfurt. He was terrible at West Ham. And he's, I mean, I was listening to uh, Trans Europe Express uh, last night with Danny, Danny Kelly and Kevin Hatchard. And he was saying that, that Dortmund have got a problem like we have in, 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 you know, up front. They're not exactly well kitted out up front. And they're having to use Haller as he's a recognised number nine. But he's, he's, he's not up to 90 minutes. <clears throat> he's still recovering from the after effects of chemo, really. So. You know, there's there's a you know, that's why I think this is going to be tight. I tell you what though, though, uh, Dane, it does worry me. I, that's why I wrote, you know, is this another case of wrong team, wrong time? Because they are in her, her, her brilliant form, brilliant form. They haven't lost since the world. You know, we came back from the World Cup, so they aren't. You know, they haven't been beaten once, and we're in terrible form. And it just just feels to me that that kind of confluence of uh, of of situations is not good for us that's what worries me we're terrible we're in terrible form they're in good form that, that's a problem for me which is understandable but it's either going to come together for us one game you know it's eventually i think it's going to come together for us it's just when that is uh or it's not against this team and and yeah once once he i sort of had half i thought i don't know if you could have james and your world both starting so I sort of had Cucurella in, and I know people were not like that. And as soon as Ben said how intimidating that that, that stadium can be, I crossed him off and put Chilwell in. So I was, I mean, but I I, I don't know with Reese. I don't know if you can have Dave or Chaloba there, just because we we have to protect him. You know, we and the same as you, I, I was exactly the same with the rest of the team. You know, I had Mason in there on the right because uh, I've just since looked whilst you was talking, looked at the, at the uh, Champions League squad, and yeah, no Madu AK. Obviously, Lewis Hall, youngsters are registered. Lewis Hall, Charlie Webster, Carney, they can all play. Broya, which is no use because he can't, but he's registered. Zacharias registered. I, I know he's back in training. I don't know how close he is, like Kovacic, to possibly even being on the bench. But, yeah, so we're limited. We'll just have it then up front. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, look, you know, I, I, I don't want to... I mean, you know, that the actually, you know what the other thing I thought about when I was putting that side together. I think I think Potter kind of likes the idea of this four-two-three-one. Yeah. Uh, it kind of occurred to me whilst Felix is brilliant in this kind of number ten role, um, we're always told that Havertz is a number ten. I'm just wondering if it would be possible to switch them round, have Felix more forward and Havertz behind, because that's where he likes to fucking run anyway, and he never gets on the end of anything. From what we were saying earlier on, I'm just wondering if you could do both that. like that. I think that's the problem. Yeah. You've got a two, you've got two number tens there. Well, maybe who, they take it in turns to go forward and back like midfielders do. Yeah. Interchange, yeah. Maybe neither of them goes forward as happened against against the Hammers. Well, that's why you had you had nobody up there, which is not good. Yeah, no, it's not. That's not what we want. One of them needs to be there, uh, and it, you know, as I said, if it's not Havertz, then maybe it should be Felix. But uh, maybe they can swap around. I mean, these are the things I think that the pot, the pot has a problem with because, you know, that's the kind of thing that takes time to gel. And it does. I don't care what people say. It really does. Go and talk to Kerry, Kerry Dixon, about how long it took him and Speedo and Pat Nevin to figure it out. 
it doesn't necessarily come automatically because you've got to know where somebody's going to be and somewhere's going to run. You, I mean, Kerry and Kerry and, and Speedo, you know, they literally came to blows about it because they were taking up the same positions until they had a bit of a scrap and then they said, right, I'm going to be at the near post, you're going to be at the back post. All right, that's where we're running to. And then Pat got hold of that and boom, the rest, as they say, was history. So this these kind of things don't happen automatically. You do have to work it out and sometimes it takes a bit of time. But there you go. Dane, how's it going to go, me old China? I just want to say I do like the 4 2 3 1 uh, because you get an extra attacker rather than the 4 3 3. But unfortunately, and I know both uh, Mason and, and Connor are, are dividing lots of opinions through social media, that, that, that struggles uh, positions for them too because I believe they are actually better in a 4 3 3 uh, if protected. I don't think. Mason can come in and do a job uh, on the right, like we both put him in. Uh, but again, he's pl- he's playing out of position. He is, but you you know he gets paid a lot of money to try and work that out, Potter, and pick the formations based on what suits his players best. Uh, I'm going to go with a free one to Chelsea. That is wow. w- wonderfully optimistic. Are you sure you're not been drinking this pale ale that I've been drinking, mate? You sure that's smart water you're drinking? I don't think it's it's that smart. I think it might be beer, mate. Or gin. I loved about that, Dame, was that you 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 sort of said we were shit and then said when we're gonna win three one. That's a bit like <laughs> you. He's learned that from you, mate. Your your influence is rubbing off. Thank you. I'm pleased. <laughs> I think Dortmund, I think Dortmund will get a little bit and we'll we'll we'll, we'll uh We'll take advantage of some of the gaps that they're going to leave. I think they're going to they're going to think if they can beat us, they're going to beat us in this first leg. And I think we, it might we might we might come in come to advantage for us. Hit him on the break. Yeah, yeah. That does mean we'd have to score three times. <laughs> That's more than well, we've we scored in two months, mate. It is. Well, we did it on is. West Ham. It's just a load of them are disallowed. Oh, yeah. Good point. Good point. Okay, J.K. I've seen seen Dane's <laughs> optimism. I want to see you raise the bar, mate. Six one. Okay, I think it's a fantastic side that you've selected, Chidge. Really? Seriously? It, we can't go wrong, so we're going to lose 2-0. <laughs> Seriously, is that what, you, what you're going for? Oh. Yeah? yeah. You're gonna, we're going to lose 2-0? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Black flags are hanging out already, mate. <laughs> All right. Okay, well, look, I, I, I'm going with what I kind of said to Ben earlier on. I, I think it will be tight and gritty. These matches normally are uh, so i'm i'm saying it'll be a one all actually which is kind of suits neither team because it's still, but it still keeps the tie very much alive there's some great stats here that i nicked i mean i told you about dortmund never having beaten uh, um a british side uh we've only won we won one one win in eight in eight games in 2023 uh we failed to score more than once in any of those games but how about this as a stat how about this as a stat? Graham Potter could become the first English manager to win five consecutive Champions League matches. How about that? Nobody nobody saw that one coming, did they? Certainly not me. Uh, apparently, our round of 16 uh, form is patchy at best. We've only progressed from this stage of the competition twice in our last six attempts. But hey, we did win it once, flash score. You didn't mention that important information, did you? But there you go. This is the one that made me giggle the most, having bigged him up a minute ago. Kai Havertz 
has a shocking record against this uh, against Borussia Dortmund, picking up a career joint high five defeats in seven head-to-head clashes, having won one and drawn one. Uh-oh. And he's leading the line. But Dortmund have lost three of their last six home ties in the Champions League uh, last 16 stage. They've won two and drawn one. Who kn- Oh, last bit of fun. Fun trivia. Right, you lot. There have been one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight uh, German players that have played for Chelsea without looking at my script. Who are they? Jonathan. Havertz. Yes. Alec. Yes. Um, who was the boy that won the World Cup um, uh, recently? Uh, the last time they won it. Scherler. Scherler. Yeah, Scherler. Scherler. Uh, uh, yes, yes, Sherlock, who I never, never liked very much. Johnny um, Thunderpants. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, uh, no. He's erased that from his memory. He doesn't exist. Yeah, I, I, I have deliberately. Yes, yes. Oh, Werner. Yeah, thank you. Um, uh, um, uh, oh, God. Um, uh, um, Struggling, aren't you, mate? Some of them very old. No. Or modern. Are we going back into the 30s? Not one of them. <laughs> not one of them goes back before 2000. But are there any that did we have any before the 30s? Not, not, <laughs> not that I'm aware. D- uh, Dane, you finish it off for him. We've had Havertz, Werner, Schurler, Ballack. I'm I'm terrible with names. So who's the that little winger we panicked by not thinking we was going to get in Champions League well, and we won it? You mean Marco the, Marin? Yeah, the German oh, yeah, Marin. The German. Marin. The German, the, me- the German Messi. That's right. The, they played in the cup tie at, um, uh, Brentford. at Brentford. It was fucking their, rubbish. Their, their fullback took him to the clean. He was about three foot two, mate. Yes, he was. And he was. We got him. We we got a centre back who won the league of us under Mourinho and won it at Leicester. What was his name? Hoof. Hoof. Yeah, that's another one. Do we have a goalie? No. No. Oh, okay, that's all. And I had a Timo because. Uh, JK couldn't bring right. himself to say his name, Timo. You so miss- I've only got six. Okay, you're missing oh, two. Hang on, that's Rudiger, of course. Yeah, oh, Rudiger. How did you forget God's Rudiger? Sake. For God's sake. That's sorry, right, I'm nice. sorry, I'm sorry. Now, the I'm last sorry. one, you, you would have been a hard bugger to get, but the clue here would have been Adam Newson did an entire brilliant article and interview with him about a year ago, and it is Sebastian Kniesel. Oh... Yeah, I never quite never quite made it. It was a great article. Really good article, yeah. Never quite made it. So there you go. The whole list is Havertz, Timo Werner, Rudiger, Schurler, Marco Marin, Michael Ballack. My heart be still my beating heart for the uh, the uh, Das Kapitan of the Dem Mannschaft, Michael Ballack, who I loved so much. Um, Mm. Robert Huth and Sebastian Kniesel. There you go. So we got uh, we've got a few German connections, but there you go. Right, um, I think that uh, we've kind of nailed our colours to the mast here. Uh, obviously, we hope Chelsea win. It's not until Wednesday night. We will be, we're not there sadly, but uh, Mark uh, Mark Meehan's going to be there. So I hope Mark was listening, so he knows where to go for a drink and go and so Pastor, what was his name at the the Holy Trinity Church? Mark will probably go up there and get a guided tour now, Mark. So there we go. All right, we got to go because uh, we've run out of time, but. Uh, 
We will return. Uh, well, JK and I are going to be back on Thursday night because we've got a special edition of In Off the Post because, again, you wrote so many emails that we have to do a special show just to accommodate them. So that'll be Thursday at 8.30. Don't forget, uh, if you want to email us, it's chelseafancast at gmail.com plus the socials. Um, and then beyond that, on Friday, we will be back for the preview show. So we'll be looking ahead to Southampton on Saturday. Of course, they'll have a new manager or they've got rid of Nathan Jones. So we all know what that means. I'm dreading it already. Uh, we'll also have, we're going to have Mark Meehan with us. So Mark's going to come back on Friday and report all about being in Dortmund this week. So that'll be fun. And we'll be obviously reviewing that. Um, massive, massive thank you and welcome to lots of uh, new Patreons. Um, if you want to help uh, me cover the cost of running the shows and contribute to what we believe is the best and the most unique Chelsea podcast of all then all you have to do is donate a little bit of money every month uh, to patreon.com forward slash Chelsea fancast if you do uh, then you will be entitled to a Kerry Dixon mini banner and of course you can join our infamous discord group where loads of people that you find on Mixler on a Monday and a Friday are to be found 24-7 how wonderful that is um you can follow the show on all the social media at Chelsea Fancast, of course. Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, Dane at DWIT9, and me at Stanford Chidge. But, uh, Dane, been great seeing you. Have you enjoyed yourself tonight? Been great to see you. Yeah, I always find it really therapeutic coming on here. You know, there's always so much to talk about with Chelsea, especially at the moment. It's, uh, you know, we're probably seeing something we, we've never seen before, all personally, where it seems like they've gutted out the whole club. Actually, mentioning Cundy, that's sort of what he said. You know, we've never seen anything like it. They're literally gutting out the whole club and, 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 and almost starting from scratch. But, you know, we're all going to have debates, we're all going to have opinions and, and it's, it's good to come on here and, and, and share them. And it's nice to see you two. Hopefully, I'll, if I don't make, obviously, the, the women's final, I'll definitely come to the Cannaville gig because, yeah, I really enjoyed the last one. But, yeah, thanks for having me. Great to see you, mate, as always. And as for you, Wing Commander Kid... I'm a reprobate, nah. mate. <laughs> Bait, reprobate. Repro Sorry, reprobate. I'm a rep retro mate. That's it. Retro mate. You are indeed, actually. That's a very good descriptor. Yes. yes. Absolutely yes. lovely to see you as always. Uh, and uh, Ben was good, wasn't he? Ben, yeah, yeah, he's a good lad. He's a really nice very bloke. Good. Yeah, very good. Very, very. Gave good. us all the insight on Tuchel when Tuchel joined. You know, so yeah. Very informative. Very informative. Very good. Yeah, he's a bright lad. Good lad. So there you go. But lovely to see you. Well done as ever. I'll see see you Thursday. Yes, eight thirty. Just you and just you and me. Uh, and then you, we're... you are you and me in a few words. To Absolutely. Read. No, there's some great emails this week. Loads of them again. Not not twenty three, thankfully. So we might get an earlierish <laughs> night. Uh, so there we go. We'll be back for an off the post on Thursday, and then back for the Friday night preview show on Friday at half past seven. So there you go. Thanks for listening. See you see you Thursday. Until then, keep it blue, keep it careful, keep it chills. It's the ninetieth minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. <laughs>